Blog Talk Radio. Goodbye, Donald. Goodbye, Donald. Goodbye, Donald. You're going to leave us now. And welcome back to Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. This is your host, Dan Zimmerman, coming at you from New Orleans, Louisiana. To join the conversation, it's area code 914-803-4131. That is 914-803-4131. If you sign up for a free Blog Talk Radio account, you can also join us uh, in the chat room. If you go to the show thread, blogtalkradio.com slash liberaldan. And you can uh, sign up for your free account. And when you sign up to your free account, you can then join us in the chat room at the show thread or the episode page, uh, blogtalkradio.com slash liberaldan as well. Again, or if you're listening after the live broadcast, you can leave comments, questions, concerns, etc. over on the uh, show thread at liberaldan.com on facebook.com slash liberaldan or at Liberal Dan Radio on Twitter. Sorry, I was a little, a little bit distracted. I was trying to get the audio of the, um, so I can have it in the background to see if there's anything else interesting going on with today's hearings uh, or the meeting to certify the uh, votes of the Electoral College, uh, which, as you know, if you've been paying attention today, has become the main issue. See, when I originally planned out this episode, I'd so, all right, we're going to talk a little bit about January 6th and the ridiculousness that uh, might go on because of, uh, you know, the people who are going to object and, you know, try and, you know, we want to have a, a hearing over this. We want to have, you know, an audit that goes on. We don't believe that they changed the rules in a fair way or whatever. And so the, uh, so these people, and I'm watching CBS's feed right now, um, and, and so there was just going to be a regular, you, you, we expected, you know, protests outside. We expected, you know, the people crying and, um, you know, about the election results. But at the end of the day, we expected to see some theater and shenanigans to take place from those, you know, 16 senators and 100 or so congressmen who felt that they needed to object whatever and continue to kiss the rear end of Donald Trump and uh, but it would go nowhere both houses most likely both houses would still vote to confirm uh, that the that the votes were legitimate and regular or whatever the words they want to use Um, and then Joe Biden would still he's still going to go ahead and be uh, the president uh, starting January 20th but this, this would officially end all of the counting of votes so to speak because now the there will be certified by congress at which point you now have an official 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 you know because every time 
and talk to a conservative, they'd be like, oh, well, you know, it isn't official yet because we haven't jumped through this hoop or whatever. But in reality, we all knew uh, once the final votes were counted that Joe Biden was going to be our next president. Um, these, of course, and then I was going to spend like maybe like 10, 5, 10 minutes talking about, you know, how today would work or how today was, was working and, and what happened when you would go ahead and if you determined to have an objection by both the congressman and the senator and the ridiculousness that these Republicans were making us go through for the several states. Um, that, of course, and then the rest of the time was going to be spent discussing the Georgia election and the, the, the runoff elections for both of the Senate seats for the state of Georgia and to you know, discuss Donald Trump's phone calls uh, to the Georgia Secretary of State and his ridiculous acts for there. But as it turns out, the ridiculousness that was his phone call to the Georgia Secretary of State is trumped by what he did today and what he continued today and what has happened in the aftermath of his inciting his supporters to not just riot, but to commit a terrorist act on this country. And that's what it is. So this episode was going to be a probably cheerful because last night I went to bed and I'm like, you know, I don't see how Ossoff loses it, even though I think when I posted the show, I still think Ossoff had, was not in the lead yet. But as I was watching the numbers and, and what, what numbers were left, I'm like, there's no way that Ossoff doesn't pull ahead and win it. It's just <clears throat> the news agencies weren't going to call it, although some people who are statisticians did call it much earlier uh, because they saw the numbers that were left to come in and there was no way that the Republicans were going to be able to make up the advantage that the Democrats would have once the Democratic votes fully came in. So, and I was going to spend a whole lot of time talking about it. And I still might spend some time. I'm still going to spend some time on talking about it because clearly I would be remiss in not discussing the Georgia election and what happened and how historic it was and how it, you know, lots of, it's going to sound every time a, a Jewish guy and a black reverend walk into a bar. <laughs> I mean, how many jokes start off with a Jewish guy and a, and a Christian guy going into a bar? Um, but they go into the Senate and, you know, perhaps liberty is restored or obstruction is stopped or whatever you want to call it. Um, I, on this show weeks ago, well, I had on, you know, guests. I had on, you know, I, I stated my opinion that I was not holding my breath. I did not think that the Democrats were going to be able to pull this off. And the person who is the head of the Georgia Democratic Party and is a, also a newly elected congressperson from Georgia, along with Stacey Abrams, who deserves a lot of the credit, along with Ossoff and Warnock, who also deserve a lot of the credit uh, and who else deserves a lot of this credit for uh, the Georgia elections turning out the way that it did is black voters, especially black women voters. Those voters saved our republic. They were able to, and, and you know, everyone says that this is the most important election of our lifetime. Everybody says that. It's so cliche because the next election comes along and, oh, this is now the most important election of our lifetime. 
And there's probably arguments to be made that removing Donald Trump and eliminating the Republican or trying to eliminate the Republican obstruction in the Senate so that Joe Biden can get more things passed was very vital, especially in the middle of a pandemic when the American citizens and residents of this country were not given the ability to, you know, get the financial support that they would need to survive in the middle of an economic crisis. Um, and because we have that, we have, we are more likely to be able to get things that we need to have done, done. That being said, there are things that, um, let's just say, you know, if you remember back when Barack Obama had a, um, when Barack Obama had a quote, filibuster-proof Senate when they were trying to pass the Affordable Care Act. There was exactly 60 votes. What does exactly 60 votes mean? Well, exactly 60 votes means that any one of those 60 can be like, you know, I really don't like this provision. Let's nix it. You know, I really think that my people need a little bit extra here. So uh, you're going to need to give me something to fix. So you're going to have so you can have individual senators or multiple individual senators use the leverage that they have and say, you know, so I'm not saying that Joe Biden's going to be able to get done everything he wants to get done. Hopefully, I'd love to be able to see those more progressive senators be able to push the Biden proposed Biden agenda leftwards. But there's also the possibilities that you have the people like uh, the individual from West Virginia, for example, uh, who might try and push legislation rightwards as well. Uh, because, again, it's that 50-50. So, well, just one of them leaves, you don't have a majority anymore and it, it, on any one particular issue. So the idea that you know Joe Biden is now going to have a cakewalk is not something that's realistic. But hopefully well, enough of them will come together and be able to say, hey, um, you know, we're, we, we're going to do some of these things. And people say, well, what about the filibuster? Well, I'm like, what about the filibuster? At this point, I disagreed with the use of the nuclear options at the beginning. I think the Democrats are stupid for doing it. Some people might disagree with me in saying that the Republicans would have done it anyway for when they were in control. So why not do it to get some judicial nominees passed? There's no way for us to have known to know that. It's, it's a plausible argument. It's a, it's a possible argument. And it's, they might be right. But you open up Pandora's box. At this point, the filibuster is dead. There's no reason to have it anymore. And the next Senate can just be like, these are new rules. You don't get to, uh, we're, we're not going to include the filibuster in the rules anymore. It's just dead. And just do it as that way. Uh, that's one way to get that done. And I think the filibuster, you know, if, if it's not going to be, if it's not going to be fully there, it needs to be dead. And because it's been pretty much almost dead on life support for Years, there's no reason to be like, oh, well, let's return the filibuster back to its former glory now that the Republicans got to abuse the crap out of it. So filibusters should go away. And as such, then you only need to worry about either making sure that all of your Democrats are in line or convincing one or two of the Republicans to be like, you know, yeah, we don't need this guy because we're going to have Collins, for example, come aboard and support this particular piece of legislation or have, you know, some other. Republican congressman who might be able to be swayed on that particular issue. Who knows? I mean, there's not a lot of them that are going to be out there. But anyway, let's go ahead. We do have a phone call, so let's go ahead. Uh, the individual appears to be from, I guess, Virginia. 
Um, but that could be wrong because you never know. I have people. Uh, caller, what's your name? Where are you from? My name's Khalil. I'm from uh, Charlottesville, Virginia. Hi, Khalil. How are you doing today? Pretty good. Uh, yeah, from Charlottesville, Virginia. So that is definitely actually my my cousin now lives in Charlottesville. Um, so just moved there, and you no, know, it's that that was this is where we saw a major uh, uprising, so to speak, of of these uh, supports that Donald Trump likes to give aid and comfort to. So, um, do you see any differences uh, between what happened today and what happened with uh, Charlottesville earlier on in Trump's presidency? And that's my question to you, and then you could, I guess, add a, you know, make your comment that you would add. A little bit, but not too much. But, like, I can see kind of, like, the people that supported him, they're really nuts. A lot of the people, and I'm not going to say all, but a lot of them that supported him really nuts and just do stupid things. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the things, can I add a couple things? Absolutely. Go right ahead. I, um, one of this woman, she claims... To me, she claims to be a preacher, and I don't see how you can be a preacher, how you can be a real preacher and serve God, and you only thing you focus on, you uh, you would rather ban gay marriage than actually put a in a health care law. It's like, how can you be a Christian and you know only focus on this little smallest thing? Right. Which, which woman to, claims to be a preacher? She was in uh, Richmond, Virginia. Her name Shirley Sneed. Okay. And um, it was like this was when Obama was in office, and she was talking about voting him out. And it's like you want to vote him out for something like that, but yet you're disregarding him doing the health care bills. Like, right? What kind of person are you? Well, they they pick and choose. That's one of the reasons why I, I live in Louisiana, obviously, and and some of the uh, Catholics down here are very conservative, um, and they flinched a lot of times that when they hear the Pope talking about, you know, how to be a real, you know, Catholic. I'm not Catholic. I was raised Jewish. Uh, but the idea that you can, you know, that you're only going to focus on like things like abortion, but you're or or gay marriage, but you're not going to focus on like the death penalty. You're not going to focus on um, other issues like the like healing the sick and 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 helping the poor. I mean, I, again, I'm not Christian. I wasn't raised in that belief system, but I know enough to know that if you're a Christian, you know, you sh- you're supposed to believe that one of two of Jesus's things that he did was healing the sick and helping the poor. Um, in fact, if you go read Acts 4 and 5, um, that's socialism right there. Basically, Jesus is like, give up everything you own and re- redistribute it to those who need it. I mean, how, how is that not G- the Bible, the New, the New Testament, so to speak, uh, say, how is that not saying that we should be, you know, helping us and, and not hoarding wealth and not, and, you know, it, it seems very anti-capitalist to me. So, um, but they, they want to ignore that because again, people who are conservative Christians want to pick and choose the parts of the Bible. They want to pick and choose the the, the the issues that they want to focus on, and they want to ignore the rest. They also want to ignore the fact that when you had like when you have conservative people in office, like uh, Jeb Bush, when Jeb Bush was the governor of Florida, he defunded Planned Parenthood partially. Um, I mean, if you defund it partially, it's still defunding. Um, He defunded Planned Parenthood, and abortions went up for the rest of his tenure. Meanwhile, John Hickenlooper, when he was governor of Colorado, they fully implemented, uh, you know, universal free oral contraception, um, and abortion rates went down in Colorado because 
liberal policies actually fix the problems. Conservative policies yeah. just punish people for them. So, yeah, I mean, th- these people are very picky and choosy, and, and they're going to tell you how, you know, these people are, you know, anti-Christian or anti-God while seeking to deny people health care, while seeking to deny people, you know, you know, put so many roadblocks in the way of people getting food stamps that they can't afford to eat. Like, oh, no, their father did drugs, so therefore you can't feed his kids. Like, how is that even a, a thought that somebody could have? I don't understand it. And see, I, one of the things I did is, like, when I was at the Obama thing, I went to Obama thing at Charlottesville, and this right. woman, this woman, she was, um, I could tell that she, she was actually an undercover CO, undercover cop, because uh-huh. um, she had a little jacket, and it was pretty hot outside, and she had, like, a bolt, had, like, crunching, and it was, like, a bulge in her jacket. Uh-huh. And then she was giving me legal legal directive to sit down, and I was told that, and she basically, like, used the chair to nudge me, and I was told only people that can actually do that, that have the authority to do that are people in authority. Right. And um, I was told that civilians can't really do that type of stuff like police can. Right, absolutely. Not. I mean, there's there's the concept of, like, a civilian's, like, a, a, a civil arrest where a, a private citizen can, can maybe do that. I think my grandmother did it once to somebody who hit her car. Um, and surprisingly, the guy stayed with around her because there's no way my grandmother at the time was going to be able to, to keep him around, you know, if he decided to go flee. But he did a citizen's arrest. Or she, she still did it. And, and I was like, wow, go grandma. But no, I mean, if, if somebody who was not a, a uniformed officer told me to sit down, I'd be like, so you can kiss my ass because there's no way. But I mean, but these people, you know, you know, these concerns, they don't care, you know, even if they're not officers, the, the ones who like you stormed the Michigan Capitol, Capitol with, with guns, the ones who went on to the Capitol steps today, you know, and, and, and invaded the, the, the Capitol building, invaded Congress. Um, invaded the offices of people in Congress. You know, these people don't care about laws when it comes to them. They don't feel that they want limited government and limited laws, and they don't want government having any rule over their lives. But right. government. But when it comes to like the black people who get killed by police officers, these people yeah. would be like, "Well, they should have just complied." Well, why didn't yeah. these people comply? To the, to the lawful orders that were given to them by the police officers in the Capitol instead of charging past them, assaulting them, and moving on and invading the Capitol building. If this, I mean, this, this is, a lot of the rant today was basically going to be the fact that uh, if these people were black people charging the Capitol, they'd have been dead because the police would have not hesitated to shoot. But for some reason, when white, terror, white domestic terrorists want to act and, and act up and do domestic terrorist things in this country, we get, treat them with kid gloves. We're like, oh, no, it's okay. You, you can keep doing what you want to do. From the Bundys who took over that uh, reserve, was it in Oregon? Uh, they, yeah, they took I'm over the reserve. Sure. Yeah, but they took, you know, you know the, the, from the, the, when they had the Bundy Ranch, when there was the, all of the grazing rights, and you had pictures of, of these militia folks with sniper rifles pointed at cops. If, if a black person had a sniper rifle pointed at a cop, that person would have been dead or six, dead six different ways. Like, yeah, and see, just... go ahead. Um, and see, that's why I lost respect for Alex Jones because 
this is the same guy. He doesn't want any type of – he doesn't care about the Constitution except for when it comes to the guns. But even right. when it comes to the guns, he's very – he picks and chooses. Like, like every time a shooting happens, it never happens. Right. He always says it never happens. But then as soon as – and this is a guy that doesn't want officers militarized. I don't want officers militarized either, but at the same time, if you're going to give civilians whatever they want, and you don't want officers to have whatever they want, you're going to have a situation like in Dallas, which is a shame. And uh, well, Alex well, Jones would... The rumor I've heard today, one of the rumors that I heard today, one of my, one of my Facebook friends who is liberal was saying that some of her conservative friends were like, that, that these weren't really conservatives that were protesting the storm in the building. There was really Antifa who were wearing, you know, gear to make themselves look like they were Trump supporters, but it was really Antifa. Like... You know, and that's the whole, like, the Alex Jones things. I've listened to him occasionally torture myself, and I like to know sometimes what the other people of the side of the aisle thinks. And, you know, yeah, every time there was a school shooting, oh, that's a false flag attack. It's a false flag, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's not real. It's not a real attack. Like, every time that there's, a, that there's something that hurts his cause, oh, it's not real. But a lot of the times conservatives do it, and sometimes liberals do it, too, where – where a conservative does something and oh that's not really a conservative that's it's the uh, what what what's often referred to as the no true scotsman fallacy where you know oh that scotsman he's he's uh that person's a, not a true scotsman he doesn't eat haggis or something like that or some other thing that that but says oh well he, but he was born in scotland his parents were born in scotland he has a lineage oh but he doesn't eat haggis so therefore he's not really a true scotsman uh, same thing here. These people are not true libertarians. These people are not true, uh, true conservatives because they did this, but, but they voted 95% of the time in agreement with you. Oh, but they're not true. So then we're just going to toss them aside. They don't count against us. It's why every single time it's a white militia person who doing some sort of attack, it's always a, oh, it's a lone wolf. It's a lone wolf attack. But for some reason, you know, let a black person commit an act of murder and systemic problem within the black community or when a Muslim person does, Oh, it's terrorism. It's, it's, it's Al Qaeda. It's, it's, they're always, it's always, they always wanted to ascribe the crimes of a minority individual to the entirety of the group, but let one white person do it. And a white conservative does it. Oh, that's a lone wolf. He must've, you know, and he, he was acting alone. So. And I found out, I found out something interesting. The federal police, FBI and all them, even like the mm-hmm. local tactical ones, they right. are less quick on the trigger than the local patrol officers. Like the federal the federal investigators, they're they're less quick on the trigger. I found out Probably. like they 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 uh, use their gun a little bit less than the uh, local patrol police officers. I mean, I'm not surprised at that. Uh, a, there probably might be a lot more paperwork involved with a federal officer shooting somebody versus a versus a local one uh, shooting somebody. They're also might be a lot better trained. Uh, they might, in order to become, I guess, uh, you probably don't start off from federal law enforcement as a, as a start. You probably rise up, maybe you rise up from a, some other law enforcement branch, and then you have to qualify and that you have a good record or or maybe you do start from scratch but again you maybe you have a lot more training uh in to be able to recognize you know those you know when deadly force is allowed versus when deadly force isn't allowed um so i'm not i wouldn't be surprised if that was a true statement i mean i haven't studied it i'll I'll take your word for it um but it wouldn't it's not surprising to me either because it's probably a lot more training because there's probably a lot more a lot more specific 
job duties, whereas when you have so many local police departments, so many counties across the nation, plus state police officers across the nation, you know, so many of these, hell, and we used to have three different policing organizations in the city of New Orleans by itself. You had the New Orleans Police Department, you had the Office of the Civil Sheriffs, and then you had the Criminal Sheriffs. That's three different police types in one city alone. Um, now they've, they've since combined the sheriffs, but they're still the Orleans Parish Sheriff's Department and the Orleans Parish Police Department. Two completely different. It's like a duplication of services almost. Um, and, 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 and then, then hmm? sorry about that. Okay. And, the, uh, and then like you have in, in Jefferson Parish here in New Orleans. And of course in New Orleans, we have parishes, not counties because we're weird um, in, in Louisiana. Um, but you have, you know, in, in Jefferson Parish, there's a lot of incorporated towns. So you have the Jefferson Parish Sheriff's Office, but you have the city of Gretna police. You have the West Wego police. You have the Kenner police. You have two others that, I'm, that I can't remember off the top of my head. But you have all these different small incorporated cities within the county, and they all have their little police department of the sheriff's department that covers the entirety of the, of the parish in and of itself. So there's so many small police departments all over the city. And uh, there's, there's, there's a, with the ground one specifically, there's, there's a documentary that ports how racist the police department is. If you listen to this, my show previously, uh, Nimbus Yosh, the host of the most of the Percy podcast, shout out to my little brother. Um, he used to drive in Gretna a lot. He still might, um, but we both we both met playing a game on our phones, and he got pulled over so many times while driving through Gretna just because it was a DWB. And you know they, they have there's there's a documentary on it that shows just how many black people the Gretna Police Department arrests. And so, and I, and I wouldn't be surprised if the numbers also show that the Gretna Police Department are more likely. Uh, use lethal force, especially when it's not called for. And look, because I'm, I'm not going to say that lethal force is never called for, but clearly lethal, there's studies that show that lethal force is used against black people at a disproportionate rate. Um, and if you see the videos of your John Crawfords, your Tamir Rice, um, you, the, uh, you, you look at what happened to, oh, there's so many people, I, I just, I can't name them on one episode, but just look at everything that happened and, and, and how the quickly they are to shoot. Meanwhile, you find a video of a, of a white guy in the middle of a park waving a gun around. He goes into the car. He gets his gun. He's waving it around. It takes him like five minutes to actually shoot a gun at him, and then they don't shoot to kill. They just wound him. And then he's just kind of laying there until he drops the gun, and then they go deal with him. But if it was a black guy, as soon as he would have went into the car, just like was it Jacob, Jacob Blake, I think, was the most recent one, um, he's shot in the back. And he was not a threat to that officer, but they shot him in the back. It's it's disgusting. It's 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 yesterday that 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 decision was made from the Wisconsin uh, district attorney that no charges were going to be brought against any of the officers involved in Jake Blake shooting. And yesterday, I said on my Facebook chat face Facebook page that we that it's another example of America failing Black Americans yesterday. And then today, you see this terrorist event take place. These white domestic terrorists going into the building. Just another reminder that America's America fails black people daily because again, if black people would have done this, they'd have been dead. The the, the walls of 
And they wouldn't have even been allowed to have gotten into Congress to begin with. The 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 yard outside of Congress would have been blood red with the uh, blood of the black folks who would be trying to do that. But they're white folks, so they get a pat on the shoulder and oh yeah, you can come in and rummage through the offices and we'll eventually clear you out and we're not going to use deadly force because for some reason they don't use deadly forces often against white folks and black folks. So it's, it's and I've watched. Go ahead. I watched uh, Mississippi Burning, and it was a similar thing to that, like, except they were put in jail. It was a driving while black thing. Right. And um, they basically pulled over, they basically pulled over a bunch of civil rights workers, three of them, and then they shot them all, and the sheriff was involved. So what they did is they got the FBI, and back then, like, we had to get the FBI, I found out, and the U.S. Marshals and all the federal agencies in the in the South when the Northern, when the Southern police wouldn't do right. And one of the right. things I noticed about the F, one of the things I know about FBI, ATF, U.S. Marshals is like, I don't know if you notice this, but when they take off their jackets, they uh, put them in a separate seat than when they're sitting or a separate bed when they're laying at, when they're in a hotel room, like, like going to sleep, like, you know, they don't put uh-huh. them in the same area that they're going to be in. Hmm. Why do you think that is? I don't know. You ever noticed that? I've it's never more, really more, noticed that. But I have, I have an interesting but, um, story about that whole, about the whole, like there was, I was having a conversation with a former coworker back in one of my previous jobs that I used to work at. And we were all sitting in these little, little cubicles or whatever, no low cubicles so we can kind of see each other, talk to each other. And this guy was clearly a conservative. And, you know, at, at some point we, I figured out that he was also clearly racist. Uh, but we're sitting there, and this is probably the conversation where that happened. Um, we were talking about um, th- about Lyndon Johnson or something, and and it, and and they were and, and the pledge, or so I forget what it was. And I said something about that. Lyndon Johnson was one of the people who were responsible for putting under the God and under pledge under uh, in the in the in the Pledge of Allegiance. Like I think he voted for it. And he was like, well, that's the best thing that Lyndon Johnson ever did. And I was like, well, what about when Lyndon Johnson sent the civil rights workers down to Philadelphia, Mississippi, or sent the, F- the law, federal law enforcement down to Philadelphia, Mississippi, uh, to deal with those civil rights worker murders? And he was like, as I said, that was the best thing Lyndon Johnson ever did, the, the pledge thing. And my coworker, my other coworker who was involved in this conversation said my eyes were like that cartoon snake. That like just to pop out like oh my god I can't believe you just said that out loud in the middle of our workplace, um, but yeah I mean there there are, there are people who you know it, it, the things we talked about before too yeah Ronald Reagan who's you know raised up as this great you know conservative icon of course Ronald Reagan did things that if if the, if the, if the Republicans and conservatives who praised Ronald Reagan today would remember what he actually did they would probably call him a rhino uh, because Ray Reagan gave you know, amnesty to 12 million people who were undocumented. And, you know, that's one thing that should, that would make them go, oh my God. But you had, you know, Reagan, after his convention win, uh, he gave the speech down in Philadelphia, Mississippi, where, you know, it, where the civil rights workers were murdered and he invoked the term states' rights, which is a myth. Uh, there's no such thing as states' rights. If you're conservative listening to the show right now, states don't have rights, people have rights states have powers read the 10th amendment um and you know but the fact that he would invoke state rights states rights the the thing that 
was used by conservatives to, to promote the idea that states should have the ability to discriminate against minorities, discriminate against gay people. Now they use the same arguments. The fact that, you know, that, that states' rights was what they used to make to upkeep, upkeep slavery and, and to, to endorse uh, the, the formation of an entire new country because the North was going to tell the South that they couldn't have their slaves anymore. Um, you know, the states' rights was used as a defense of that and is used to, as a defense of to not go after these civil rights murders. When you have the Republican presidential candidate saying the words that the racists want to hear in the town that was known, for, best known for the murder of civil rights activists, yeah, you're, you're not going to convince me that your party hasn't come full on racist at that point and continues to do so. Um, if you watch my GOP coup series uh, and i wrote the gop coup series or developed it on youtube um during the presidential election but clearly before the additional coup steps that this president has been trying to take to try and overturn uh the will of the popular vote of the people so um anything else you want to i'm probably gonna take my first commercial break has anything else you want to chime in on before i do that um one of the things i also noticed is like when you're undercover like mm-hmm. most of the time, it's like with federal people. Like there was more federal people undercover than local people undercover when Obama was there. But right. when you're when you're federal undercover, you notice that they have a bulge in their jacket, right? You notice that? I haven't I, I haven't spent my time really noticing the federal undercover folks. So I probably if if I knew somebody was an undercover federal officer, I probably would maybe maybe if I think somebody is an undercover officer, maybe I'll I'll take that point and and try and view it, you know, from that lens at this point on just to see. But now I haven't noticed that in the past. Because, see, Obama had a lot of threats against him, and he had a, right. lot, of, a lot of white supremacies. So I'm guessing that might be why that I, I met a federal agent in the in the crowd because of all the threats he had to deal with. That's probably – that's one of the things that always, like, it's, it's – frustrating when they're trying to talk about, you know, the conservatives will be like, well, Obama divided America. It's like, no, Obama didn't divide America. The election of Obama brought out the racists, and that those racists are the ones that divided America. Those people who were who were making all those threats and were having racist signs at rallies and stuff like that, those people were the problem. You know, those it wasn't Obama that was the problem. It was the fact that they had a problem with Obama that that was the problem. But I do want to thank you for calling in. I'm going to talk a little bit more about, you know, this topic and other topics after the commercial break. But, like, hey, if you haven't liked me on Facebook yet, Facebook.com, Dan, Radio on Twitter. Uh, there's always the Patreon as well. But thank you very much for calling in. I do appreciate it. I'll, I'll put you on hold if you, want to, if you want to stay and listen on the phone. But, um, again, thank you very much for calling in. I do appreciate it. Let's go ahead and take our first commercial break, if I can find the link. There it is. Um, and taking your calls after the break as well. Uh, that's 914-803-4131. Uh, again, thank you, Kilio, for calling in. 914-803-4131. This is Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left. That's right. Progressive will do a bad movie trailer guy impression to get you to listen to his show. 
there's only one thing that I like better than the Liberal Dan Radio minicast. All right, Bill, that's enough of that. On the Liberal Dan Radio minicast, you will hear an honest discussion of the day's issues with some personal bits in between. You might even hear what the other side has to say, sometimes even in their own voices. So become one of the Liberal Dan family, because family means no one gets behind or forgotten. To hear those bad impressions and more, tune into the Liberal Dan Radio minicast. Talk from the left, that's right. And I think to myself, what a wonderful show. Mm, yeah. Greetings. This is Nimbus Josh, host of the Percy Podcast. What is the Percy Podcast? <laughs> well, it's pretty much the smoothest talking host you'll ever hear in your life, talking about all kinds of things, political things. Nerdy things, fun things, not so fun things. Go ahead, give a listen, and follow at the Percy Podcast for more updates and information. Why not sit back and take a listen to one of the best podcasts you'll ever hear, and no one else will. <laughs> Catch you on the tunes. Would you like to support Liberal Dan Radio? Would you like a shout out on the podcast or the minicast? Would you like to purchase advertising or sponsor a bit like Hypocrite of the Week or Words of Redneck Wisdom? You can even sponsor the whole hour. Then become a Liberal Dan Patreon. You can help me grow my audience, and for a limited time, first-hour advertisers will lock in their rates for the life of the podcast. Head on over to patreon.com slash liberaldan and support the show today. Are you planning a trip to Disney soon? Do you want help avoiding spending mistakes and making the most of your vacation? Then check out BudgetEars.com, a new site devoted to helping you get the most mouse for your money. What kinds of tickets should you get? Is the dining plan a good deal for you? Should you stay on grounds or not? Should you buy park hoppers? Many other sites are filled with information about what other people like to do. But BudgetEars is geared to help you make the best decision for you. So check out BudgetEars.com or go to YouTube.com slash BudgetEars and help make your trip the best it can be. BudgetEars.com is not a travel agency and it is not affiliated with the Disney Corporation or any of its holdings. Do you want to put some money away for holiday gifts or just create a separate account to save money for a rainy day? Do you want to get a savings bonus every month for money deposited? Do you want the chance to earn up to $10 million simply by depositing money into an FDIC-insured bank? Then open a Yada account and use code LIBERALDAN, make a deposit, and you can get 100 free tickets for next week's jackpot. Each deposit can earn you extra tickets as well. And I've made it easy for you. Just go to yada.liberaldan.com and sign up. That's Y-O-T-T-A dot liberaldan.com. And welcome back to Liberal Dan Radio, Talk from the Left, That's Right. Again, this is your host, Dan Zimmerman, coming from New Orleans, Louisiana. To join the show, it's 914-803-4131. That's 914-803-4131. You can also listen uh, in the chat room and leave your comments and questions there. Or, again, if you're listening after the live show, you can leave your comments, questions, concerns, etc. over on the show thread at liberaldan.com, facebook.com slash liberaldan, or at liberaldanradio on 
Twitter. Uh, looks like the discussions or comments are going on still about uh, what's going on. Seems like they're giving everybody the ability to just, you know, talk and talk and talk. And then maybe I guess they're going to go on with whatever. It seems like I, I heard I saw a report that Steve Scalise is one of the people who was opposing in the House. He was opposing the um, the certification of the results of the several states. Um, but you know, I'm wondering if there will be a Senate that will then match the, or sign it along with him and, and, and make it so that they don't have to go into whatchamacallit into the uh, into their separate sessions or not. But it seems like Steve Scalise is still going to continue on with this irresponsible activity, irresponsible behavior, even though his behavior, the behavior of him and Ted Cruz and everybody else who was involved in the Sedition Caucus uh, directly contributed to helping create this environment where you have these people who believe that this government, that the government, the, the election was stolen from them. And not simply that, oh, Joe Biden just got that much more votes in the system that he overwhelmed the Republican advantage that they have in the Electoral College. And what I would really like to see is I would really like to see um, the uh, some of my conservative listeners, like um, your boy and everybody, uh, bringing it, bringing it, boy. Or he changed his username. Um, but you know, some of my conservative listeners, I'd love to see you in chat. I would love to see your feelings on on what happened today in Congress. What happened today? by these domestic terrorists. Will you call these people domestic terrorists? <laughs> because clearly they are. But I, I don't have any expectations that I'm going to be able to see. I want to call in to, to that guy, Jeff, Jeff Carrer show on, on 990 AM here in New Orleans. I want to be able to, I want to see if he is willing to condemn But it looks like they are in separate sessions at the moment. There's Senate floor and House floor. So I'm guessing they went and they continued to do the Arizona deal. Maybe they're continuing discussing Arizona. I don't know uh, if that's the case or not. I would hope that after that happens that they would go ahead and just not have anybody um, commit to uh, continuing on with this charade that is the challenging of the electoral cause votes. But, it's just, I mean, Donald Trump has behaved so, I mean, Twitter has been pretty much, hey, this guy's the president, so we're going to give him a lot of leeway, which caused me to make my TikTok video where I questioned what the over, um, what the over under is going to be and how many minutes or hours it's going to take for Twitter to kick Donald Trump off of Twitter um, once uh he becomes the ex-president. So uh, maybe it, may, it might happen in 30 minutes. It might happen in um, the minute after. What's going to come first? Is he going to get kicked off of Twitter permanently, or is he going to have AG? Is the AG from uh, New York going to file his charges against Donald Trump more quickly? We'll see. Don't know. It would be interesting to see how that timing works. But what Twitter did do is they they took down several of the tweets that he had made earlier in the day, 
And basically they said that he is irresponsible and that he is going to be banned for at least 12 hours. Let's see. What is the, what is the, where is it? Thought I tweeted it out. There you go. Uh, As a result of the unprecedented ongoing violent situation in Washington, D.C., we have required the removal of three Donald Trump tweets that were posted earlier today uh, for repeated and severe violations of our civic integrity policy. This means that the account of Donald Trump, hey, it's bringing your boy, asking you shall receive. This means that the account of real Donald Trump will be locked for 12 hours following the removal of these tweets. Uh, If these tweets are not removed, the account will remain locked. So if Donald Trump doesn't physically remove those tweets that he created, he won't be on Twitter at all permanently. I mean, maybe he'll make a a dummy Twitter account or something. Maybe he'll do like, oh, fake Donald Trump or whatever. I don't know. But this Twitter account is blocked from doing anything for 12 hours after removing the tweets or not net, until in perpetuity until he removes the tweets, and then 12 hours after that. So it's just very interesting. And of course, I was on some Facebook page and was like, um, you know, this is illegal censorship. How is it illegal censorship? That's just bizarre and BS. But yeah, Happy New Year, bringing it, boy. Um, did did you hear me call? Did you happen to start listening late or did you hear me request your presence and you, did you come because I requested your presence uh, about the issue uh, that we're talking about today is, is whether or not you consider the act, people who were acting in Washington, D.C., conservatives who were riled up by Donald Trump, who Donald Trump told him to march on Congress and they marched on Congress, all right. And I have labeled these people as domestic terrorists. I've also called them the Ku Klux Klan. Uh, actually, and to be fair, somebody else who was a friend of mine told me that, um, but I'm allowed to use it freely. So I will, um, because Ku Klux Klan is hilarious because uh, they try to commit a coup. They are obsessed with cuckoldry and, well, I use Stan with Klan with a C because it's the CCC instead of the KKK. Of course, in New Orleans, the CCC is the Crescent City Connection. It's the bridge that I take to get to downtown New Orleans from my house. But anyway, so you just tuned in. Uh, we've been talking about, you know, I was, I was planning on talking a lot more about Georgia than about the events of January 6th. Because to me, when I planned to have this show, the events, uh, January 6th was just going to be a, a footnote, so to speak, like a, oh, some members of Congress are going to be silly and they're going to do this silly thing that's kind of embarrassing. There's no reason to do it, especially, you know, joint with somebody else from the Senate so that you now have to go and debate the certification of these votes. This, that, the other. But yeah, I was pretty much going to spend like a couple of minutes explaining the procedure about it and then just say, but it really doesn't matter because Joe Biden's going to be your next president. And then the attacks on our Capitol happened by... Uh, these domestic terrorists. And what I want to know, and what I want to hear from conservatives, especially like yourself, bringing a boy, a, a mask-free, an anti-masker, a, a somebody who um, doesn't believe in that, that the 
I'm going to say, I'm going to be fair to bringing it bully. I usually characterize the people who oppose masking as being anti-science. I am going to be fair um, that that I would just say that maybe bringing it bully a little bit different in that he doesn't just see this science and wants to see, I guess, more, more evidence than, than what he's seen. Um, maybe to the point where if bringing a boy saw enough evidence that ma- in the efficacy of masking, that maybe at that point bringing a boy would uh, then change his mind and want to wear a mask. And maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe you're just against masking altogether. But I just, that's my feeling on bringing a boy, that, that if there was irrefutable evidence that masking helped protect and prevent the spread of the virus in his mind that he would then now now I believe that there is enough evidence to show that masking helps to prevent the spread of the disease and that's why I wear but I I think that if bringing a boy saw enough evidence that he would go ahead and change his mind on that so I nailed it that I'm correct am I correct I'm correcting that if you if you saw enough evidence to change your mind, that you would then change your mind. But you're not close to your mind change. You just want to see more evidence than what you've seen. Is that correct? And I'll, I'll leave that question out there. And I'll come back and I'll talk about Black Lives Matter. Um, because he says, we share the same vicious attack as feel about uh, Black Lives. So, yes, he agrees with me. My, my description of his – because that's I like to make sure that I when I'm describing – somebody else's feelings and I'm doing it adequately. And if, and if I'm not res- describing what somebody feels adequately, I, I, I am open to change. So I'm good. I'm good that I understand that bringing a boy perhaps is somewhat different than a lot of the other people who, who are, I believe are never, would never be open to change. I think there's a large segment of anti-maskers out there who they could see irrefutable evidence that masking protect others and they still wouldn't care. They still wouldn't wear them. And so, so I believe that bringing a boy was different in that respect, and I'm glad to see that. Now, on the whole issue, because this is something that also came up in my Facebook feed today, as to w- whether or not people are hypocritical for, um, for being supportive of the Black Lives Matters protests versus being supportive of the – or then going against what happened today. Now, what happened today was an invasion of our capital. These people pushed past the police, assaulted the police, and then went on and uh, I think one woman got killed, another person got stabbed, and they broke they did break property. Now, in these Black Lives Matters protests where there was a small subset that did break some property. But there was a the, the worst, I think the person that was the person that burned down the police station was a conservative. They were not part of the Black Lives Matter movement. They went there to cause chaos to try and make the Black Lives Matter movement look as if they were violent when it was really a conservative person who was doing this. Um, so let's see. 
Today is the crows that so close again. Black Lives Matter wish they had the balls to storm the cat. So you're saying, bringing a boy, that this was not that this was a, not just not terrorism in your mind, but you're saying that this was a something that took somebody to have intestinal fortitude or testicular fortitude, so to speak, if you want to say they had the balls to storm that. You believe that it's that it's that it that it was a brave act to go invade the Capitol, steal the podium, break things, set off flashbangs, put at least one, if not more, IEDs, IEDs, yes, <laughs> not IUDs, but IEDs um, there that had to be disarmed. I think one was by the RNC. Uh, you think it was a no, not close to terrorism. And I, I, I frankly just disagree. We do have a phone call, so I do want to – and the phone caller did hit one. So, caller, what's your name? Where are you from? Yes, sir. Thank you. My name is Mike. I'm calling from Minneapolis. Hey, Mike from Minneapolis. Thank you for calling. Um, what are your thoughts about the events of today and what happened in D.C.? Yeah, I just wanted to say, um, I'm, I'm, first of all, I, I voted for the president. I actually supported Trump. and I'm, I used to be a liberal, so – so don't, okay. don't don't pay me a song thing. But anyways, the point <laughs> is, um, I think one or two, what we saw today, I look at it, try to observe it as uh, an exercise in human psychology, right? Rather than whatever you may feel about Trump or the election or whatever side drawn politically, just take put that all aside and just look at it like this. You have a group of people who feel like they have a set of grievances. Whether you agree with them or not, that's aside the point. I'm just saying that's how they feel. And they feel like their grievances are not being addressed by the leadership or by the Justice Department. So then they led them to doing irrational, reckless things like rioting and protesting and damaging property, right? Now, while you can say this happened today, let's remember in the spring what happened too, right? I'm from Minneapolis. I'm actually from the south part of Minneapolis where all the stuff with George Floyd went down and the riots went down. And you had a group of people there who had a set of grievances, they feel like their grievances weren't being addressed by those in power, whether the Justice Department or the leadership, and it led them to doing irrational things and taking to the streets. And I'm from the area where, let's remember what they did. They took over a police precinct, ran the police off, took it over, and lit it on fire, and then they proceeded to burn almost every business from Lake Street all the way down to Midway in St. Paul, including my aunt's restaurant got burned down. So – Regardless of how you, whether you agree with these people or not, this is human psychology. And so I think if people can start looking at it from that perspective and kind of, you know, taking off whatever hat you wear, whether you're a Democrat, Republican, liberal, conservative, whatever it is, and just see it like that. Because I understand why the Trump supporters feel the way they do. I don't agree with what happened, but I understand why they feel they do, because it seems like when they have agreements, it gets dismissed. But when, for example, when the left had one, like in 16, when it came to the Russian collusion situation, theirs was taken seriously, and it led to a two-year, $48 million investigation. But when Republicans or conservatives have agreements, it feels like theirs gets dismissed as conspiracy theory right off the top and just get – and, you know, they, that's how they feel. So that's kind of what I felt like led to what we saw today, that frustration now, kind now, of – Now, are you sure over. that it was – are you sure that it was a Black Lives Matter processor that burned down the police precinct? Yeah, I'm I'm from that part of Minneapolis. I, I was on the ground. I know I know it went down. It was okay, mostly but... young people, a lot of young people from the north side of Minneapolis, South Minneapolis, from St. Paul. 
but it was people who were would affiliate with the BLM riots. It, it wasn't. I know people put out this narrative about it being right wing people or the police involved. No, no. I, anyone who was there, you knew what happened. It was a lot of young teenage and people in their early twenties that were upset about what happened. And in my opinion, the mayor made the mistake personally of even of calling the police and national guard to stand down, which is why the situation escalated to where it got to. Because it could have been stopped earlier. But okay, but just, I'm reading you know, an article. I'm reading an article right details. I'm reading an article right now. Ivan Harrison Hunter, a Texas right-wing extremist, bragged about helping to set fire to the police precinct and then was seen shooting 13 rounds at the building. Uh, so yeah, that's the exception, not the rule. I mean, go look at the actual video of the of the police precinct getting attacked and look at the people doing it. And you tell me, are those a bunch of right-wing white supremacists? I mean, look at the look. They saw video again. Don't take my word for it. You can look at it. And anyone I'm, I'm, from yeah. Minneapolis knows what happened. It, I don't right, care but, it was reported. I, I'm, I'm from there. I witnessed. I know what happened. But, he was, but, the, but it was. But so you, you. But what I was saying is that they may have went through and they may have taken over the police briefing, but they didn't burn the police precinct down. It was the boogaloo boy. They lit it boy. on fire. No, it was Remember? the boogaloo boy. It was the conservative who lit it on fire. No, brother, it was not, man. That, I'm, just, listen, I'm reading the, the word. The guy they were referring to, they, they found the... one person who who they claim was doing that, and one guy claimed he was involved. But to act like that now equates to the thousands of people that were out there. I mean, no, there, was, on, no, like, there was a lot of people that it's were not out my there. opinion. There's there's an objective source called video you can look at, and you can there's, see there's, the people I know, doing I it. The videos. Young, I know that there was a lot of people that were out there. There's a lot of young black people that were involved, and I'm black myself. And I'm telling you, it was a lot of young black people who are from the area, that part of Minneapolis where I'm from, I know the area there, I grew up there, that's who was doing it. It's like and the Wendy's in the other town. There was, well, I forget of, what the other town was. Hold on. I forget what the other town was um, where the Wendy's was burnt down um, after another that, that's um, in black Atlanta. person. Yeah, it was in Atlanta. And that, but, you know, it was a white woman that, that burned down the Wendy's. It, it was also, that was something else that people try to place on Black Lives Matter. Yeah, but there was a there was one of Black Lives Matter difference? people who took over the street and were and ended up shooting a young kid. Remember, because they had the checkpoint and they were telling people who could come in and who couldn't. And they ended up shooting at a car with a mother and a young child, and they killed the young kid. Oh, you know well, what I'm saying? I mean, gonna... dude, you can't. You know, I'm just saying, like, let's 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 not try to make this because what I don't like is the narrative when people try to make it seem like, oh, this wasn't BLM. These were just a bunch of white supremacists showed up, and it's like, no, you might find one guy, but that one guy doesn't doesn't act like that. Then accounts for the thousands of other people. I mean, come on, man. But there, but there is video. evidence out there that more than one white person, more than one white conservative showed okay, up. Okay, what percentage do you think it is? Honestly, specifically give me an honest perception of who was what, causing what the damage of the or who and was the looters were. White supremacists. I'm going to say probably a small one. That's true. But the the people, the, the protesters that were out there, you know, it was mostly was as it you described them. As as you said, the, the majority of the people that were out there protesting were young black people who were protesting. Now, how many of Thank those? You. What percentage of those protesters were rioters doing damage versus people? Just out there trying to protest oh, the injustice. I can tell you that, that off top, it was about sixty percent. I would say about forty percent were out there peacefully protesting, and then as the night, as as the sun went down and it got darker out, a, a, a larger group showed up. A lot of them coming from the north side of our city, and that's who then led to the rioting and burning and looting. And, and you the believe that those people that you believe that those people that 
do you believe that those people that showed up were, were doing it because they felt that they wanted to, to burn down the city because of what was happening to the black community? Or do you believe that those people that were showing up after the fact were doing it uh, to, to take advantage? Uh, were other people taking advantage of this cover of the Black Lives Matter protesters? Yeah, a mix of both. Now, when it comes you think, you to specifically, a mix of both? The, so okay. specifically on the looting side, on the looting side, yes, that was people coming to take advantage of it. I agree. But when it right. came to the burning side and the damaging of property, there was a good number of people that were doing that strictly because they were angry about what happened to George Floyd. And by the way, I'm of angry too, but I wouldn't go and light someone's car on fire. Like I know people whose cars got lit on fire, their houses got broken into. I'm talking about families with young children that were scared to leave their house at night. People living in fear and terror. You know, I understand I the media would have been presented scared. one way, but it was very different on the ground and the people who lived in the city. Like I said, my aunt's restaurant got burned down, a business that she worked really hard to build up. And there are a lot of people to this day whose business got lit on fire and burned that weren't able to rebuild it because the insurance company only covered up to $25,000 worth of damages. And so, you know. Uh, now, that, now, now that's a people. damn shame. I mean, that's a damn shame that, that, that the insurance companies, I mean, would only cover up to $25,000. That, that's pathetic. That, that's, I mean, you know, I, something, I think somebody should be looking into that. And maybe perhaps the small business administration would be able to offer, you know, someone in, in your relative's uh, circumstances, uh, one of those, you know, loans to be able to help them out to rebuild. Um, but here's the thing. And, and ultimately why I believe that these things are, these groups, these, 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 these complaints are completely different. You know, you're going to find they're both, they're both seeking redress for government not acting on the issues that they feel are important to act on. And then that, that's their intersection, I guess you could say. But right. if, if government doesn't address – now, there's, there's, and that ignores the validity of the claim, right? Because, because you, can, you can make a claim that government isn't doing what it should be doing in this particular circumstance. Right. And be completely wrong that government could be doing right. exactly what it is. I, that's that why I took doing. that part out of it. That's why right. I said, regardless of how you may feel, whether right or wrong, I'm just saying they. That's how they feel. That's their perception. But but there's I, I think there's a there's a lot of people too many many people rely on and I see bringing a boy in the chat room did um, bring up some points that I am going to address in a second, but I want to address these points first. Um, the perception versus reality. A lot of people will talk about perception is reality. Uh, if people believe something to be true, then it's true to them. I right. tend to subscribe to the idea that if somebody has an incorrect perception, it, it is not our job to pander in uh, to that perception. It's not our job to uh, to coddle them or to say, okay, well, but you the, believe that to be true. Did that, though. The media well, did that for the liberals in 2016. Remember, the media ran with the narrative of, of Trump colluding with Russia. And to this day, I know many people, liberals, that know personally, that still believe that Trump is an asset for Russia. They look still believe up that. the video. Look up the video. Um, I could probably post this on my Facebook page. If oh, I don't my think gosh. I don't, don't tell me you believe that, too, still. Well, there's the video of Donald Trump asking Russia to help find the emails. Do you oh, know that do you was feel... said in jest? That was at a press okay, conference. Okay, but that's that, that's one of the problems about. here. Every time Donald Trump, he, I, I could also point you to the video where Donald Trump says, "I don't kid." 
where he doesn't joke around about. No, no, things. no, bro. I know you, you're, so, you're talking about the video where he said maybe the Russians know where her emails are, and then he went on to say to the media, he said, I think, I, well, "I'm sure the media would like to see them." Because the, the whole point he was making and was that, that and, and he was trying to make they it would clear be that the rewarded. media did, the media did not want the emails to be found because the media was going to refuse to cover Hillary in a negative light. Uh, but the, he he was still he begged and pleaded for Russia to help. And he then you were saying he was plead. joking. Come on, man! I he saw did. I saw that. I know the press conference you're talking about. He, he didn't beg and plead. Now, but, but look, the way you're trying to insinuate, you if, if that was I'll the case, you, I think about you just okay. I'll give you credit on that. Let me give you credit on this. Is that Usually when I bring up the fact that that video exists, most people who are supporters of Donald Trump will say, no, it doesn't. It doesn't exist. So at least you, you, you know, are aware of and will admit that the video exists. Now we disagree on whether or not he was being serious or not. I think he was being deadly serious about it because. But think logically, if he was serious, why would he, why would he say it in a press conference? Why not have a private channel to Putin and the Kremlin and just talk to them that way? Why, why, well, why would you announce it in a press conference? If you're trying to, if this is something legitimate, because I understand because, that liberals think because if you make a, a private moron. phone call, if you make a private phone call that the that the that the that the no, you don't um, have to do a private phone call. There are ways well, if, to, if, if, to if communicate you do, things if you do indirectly via back channels to try and get Russia's assistance, and that's picked up on by intelligence, then you are going to go down for trying to be a Russian asset. But that, that's my point. Publicly, that if, proves if my you, point. But if you do it publicly and say, "Hey, you're going to be well." You know, oh, wait, wait, come no, on now. That's literally well, straining a net as well on the right there. I'm sorry. Come on, That's kind of like wishful thinking. But even if uh, you do have to acknowledge the fact that there was a $48 million two-year investigation. It's not there like was, this there was, was a 40, There was a lot of investigation. And, right. and the reason that Mueller did not bring charges was not because that there were no charges oh, to be brought. Come on. I, I, the don't, don't play that game, brother. Come on now. You're talking to somebody who knows the facts here. Justice, the just. Oh, we had a caller, but the caller didn't. I know that point that you can't, you cannot charge a sitting president. I understand that point. But even in the moment, in the actual report, he acknowledged the fact they didn't, they did not find conclusive evidence to establish that Trump had actually colluded with the Russians. That's a simple fact. And even more than that, there was not a single American arrested in connection with colluding with the Russians involving the campaign. No one. Everyone was arrested on process crimes or things that had nothing to do with the campaign whatsoever, like Manafort and his whole tax evasion issues. So if you if you look at the details, you realize it wasn't there, not the way the media was spinning. And, and that's my point I was trying to make, was that the mainstream media, like MSNBC, CNN, New York Times, Washington Post, reported on it breathlessly nonstop for two whole years. You remember that, from 16 until 18. Every single day you watch the news, that's all they talked about. And that's where Trump reporters feel like that's the point they're making about how one side's grievances are taken seriously to where the, the mainstream media will talk about it ad nauseum. And when, when the other side has a grievance, it's just dismissed right away as a conspiracy theory with no real in-depth look into it at all. Wasn't it Stephen Miller that was, wasn't it Stephen Miller that was, was it Stephen Miller that was convicted or am I thinking of the wrong person of no, the no, person we're talking who talking about uh, Papadopoulos, Manafort, Roger Stone, Michael oh, Flynn was a separate situation, but it, and they they investigated Carter Page. But if you look but one at of the, all one the of them failed, to, one of them fa- which was the one that failed to failed to report the the Russian uh, connections that he had, and and that, that was, and was, that was Flynn. Okay, uh, the Flynn right. situation that wasn't part of the Mueller investigation. That was that was remember that was before Trump even became 
that's back when Trump was still president elect. So that's a separate issue. But even in that, okay. the so way think, the think, way they trapped Flynn was hilarious. The FBI and Eric nine oh nine, we'll be with you in a second. I, I see you calling in. I'm sorry about that, but uh, we do have another caller. But I, I do want to wrap up the fact that the difference here uh, to wrap up this point, and then we're going to move on to the next caller, is that um, you have if, if government doesn't do what the even if you want to believe that that their their issues are legitimate and are not being addressed are not being addressed and and I would say that I would argue to the people who were trying to say that there was election fraud that was per- perpetuated here uh, it was more so done by the Trump administration than by the other one it's oh, just he on. just well, is there's that at least there's at least enough there to warrant an investigation at the I minimum especially when so. you but, because you can establish intent intent can be easily established in this case. And the way you can do it, and this is what I noticed prior to the election was, if you remember, remember Democrats and Republicans were fighting in courts prior to the election. You remember that over certain issues like universal mail-in voting, signature verification, right. things of that right. nature. So and, my and, and the Supreme this, Court and, and the courts basically and, said, and there was the four-four ruling and the five-three ruling, uh, where they basically well, said Wisconsin's votes couldn't be counted, but that the Pennsylvania ones could yeah, be counted it, it, because yeah, of the Wisconsin stores, ruling. They won in Pennsylvania, exactly. But my point is. The way you well, establish win in Pennsylvania, by looking at what the Democrats fought for. Why were the Democrats fighting for unsolicited universal mail-in voting in connection with no signature verification of any kind, no way to actually validate who's voting and who, if the person is voting under the actual name? My point is, if you weren't looking to engage in fraud, why would you fight to keep loopholes like that in place? That's, well, that's here's how you the, but here's the thing. When, 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 uh, and, you know, this is one of the things where I'm actually going to give credit to the Democrats on this one, um, because yeah, when you start a negotiation, when you start a negotiation as to what you want, you don't start where you want to end up. And this is usually the problem with Democrats when they're trying to get things. They start where they want to be, but brother, and then that's they not give a up too much. That was, that was a court. They were fighting that in court. So, no, that's but, what they, but, but they, they never they, got. Why would you want? They never got universal mail-in ballots. They never got universal yes, mail-in ballots. They, 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 they got it in Pennsylvania. Well, what are you talking about? No, you're talking about the Democrats. I'm talking about them being able to send ballots out unsolicited to anyone they okay. have listed you, on the there voter was, roll. There was never. That's there what was they did. No, no. You talk what what they when they say unsolicited mail-in ballots, what they really meant was unsolicited application, voter applications, and the same person, Donald Trump, who was no, 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 who, they no, were yeah, sending yeah, 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 out yeah, yeah, ballots yeah, yeah. that were unsolicited as well. It wasn't no. again. This is not in every state. No, but, but even in, in Pennsylvania, states, you, you had to you had to get you had to get on you had to ask for your you didn't just everybody in Pennsylvania didn't get a mail-in ballot. You had to request it. I know people. I have family who live in Pennsylvania. Not in every circumstance, get. dude. In certain cases, if they if you were registered, if they had you in border rolls, they were sending them out, dude. There were people who were in what certain homes. What were they sending out? Were they really sending out ballots? There were, there were, they were people sending who out the applications. No, no, no. I'm talking about without what, – because, listen, if, if you apply for it, that's an absentee ballot. That's what the – I vote absentee all the time. Right. Anyone who votes absentee knows that's that's the process. You you put in an application, and they send you the ballot. That's called a solicited ballot. An unsolicited ballot is when they send you a ballot without you sending an application and requesting one. that have universal unsolicited ballots are four, I believe. It's Colorado, uh, Washington State, Idaho. They did it in Pennsylvania, and they did it in Georgia. Universally. They did not send it out universally. 
I can guarantee okay. you that I Maybe know for the, a the fact term universally, that my relative, if, if, wait, if you mean that relative, to mean that people wait, that weren't on voter rolls, yes. I'm going to mute you for a second because we got to get past this and we got to get to the next caller. My relatives who live in Pennsylvania had to apply to get an absentee ballot. And then once they applied to get the absentee ballot, they then had to um, they then had to return it. And if there was an issue with the mail, they had to sign some other weird affidavits to be able to then change their mind and vote in person. And I think they would have had then had to have done a um, whatever the other ballot is um, the, the temporary ballot that they have to check to make sure it's right before it's counted. Um, and I'm blanking on the name of that. Um, okay. Bringing employees, the one on, on 909. So I will get to you though in a second, bringing a boy. And then maybe we'll come back to this caller as well, if you're still there. Uh, but the thing is, is that I can tell you for a fact that Pennsylvania did not get universal ballots mailed out to people. Now, what was happening is that there were people who were being sent in an unsolicited way applications to try and get the ballot where and they did that in many states they did that in many now they they, now in pennsylvania anybody could have gotten a mail an absentee ballot and 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 either requested the form or could have if they got the form in the mail they could have sent the form in and then they would have then got the ballot but you had to request you have to request the ballot just like in florida the florida you know while the florida gop and while donald trump was bashing these unsolicited ballot requests, they were also sending out unsolicited ballot requests to the point where there are people who don't, who no longer lived in Florida who got these unsolicited ballot request forms. But they would have then had to have taken that ballot request form, turned it in, and then they would have gotten mailed a mail-in ballot. So when Donald Trump was complaining about these universal mail-in ballots they were not talking about actually getting everybody being mailed a ballot if you wanted one or not it was everybody being mailed an application and people were getting unsolicited applications in the mail and some of these circumstances you you had these groups who got cheaper um mailing lists by getting you know by buying it from a a a mailer group instead of getting it from the secretary of state and these mailer groups may have had letter ad- addresses like if you sign up for COD, for Petco or PetSmart and you get um, and you and you get your dog Fido gets you know if I I'm Dan Zimmerman so if I have my dog's name is Sushi so I might say oh that would be cute let's send the mail to Sushi Zimmerman and she'll get she'll get mail and it'll be delivered to her and that will be cute well now this company this co- this company that has this mail-in information now says oh so Sushi Zimmerman is somebody who gets mail at this address. So then I might, if, if somebody in Louisiana was trying to send out unsolicited mail and absentee ballots and Louisiana didn't have universal absentee ballots, uh, it's just not, not something that you could do. We, but we do have universal early voting in order to get a, a, an absentee ballot. You had to meet certain criteria, um, at least in the presidential election. But I would, but if they were, if they had implemented universal absentee ballots and people wanted to target uh, households uh, to try and get them in, in certain areas, let's say, to try and get them to vote because they feel that that's the way to get out the vote. Uh, they might have sent everybody in my household if maybe something got sent to my kids. And maybe, so maybe I, w- I would have gotten five things in the mail to my household, five ballot request forms. That doesn't mean that, I, that, I, that that's election fraud or voter fraud. 
because they're just buying a stupid mailing list and sending these forms. Now, if I would have taken the ballot request sent to Sushi Zimmerman and then tried to cast a ballot as my dog, then yes, I would then be committing voter fraud. But that wouldn't happen because I would mail in the request, to, oh, Sushi Zimmerman wants, to, wants an absentee ballot. Let's send it off to the state. The state would look and be like, oh, there's no Sushi Zimmerman on the voter rolls, so we're not going to send a ballot. That's one of the problems here with that. And I've talked about this on the podcast before. I've explained this on the podcast before, that, um, that this is the difference between what Donald Trump said was going on versus what Donald Trump was going on. Now, to get back to the original point I wanted to get to, which was the difference between these protests about, the, about you know, what they feel is them being wrong. They lost an election. They lost an election big time. And they're upset that they lost an election. They can't fathom the idea that their leader lost an election because they view him as infallible. They're upset. But they legitimately lost the election. There's been over 60 challenges in court. People have looked at it. I, I am not I do not believe for a second that Kemp and Rathsberger or whatever his name is, the, the Secretary of State of Georgia, I do not believe for a second that those people didn't want Donald Trump to win the election. There was no Georgia scam by the Georgia elected officials to get rid of them. During the entire COVID crisis, Kemp was like Trump's number two governor, number one being DeSantis. DeSantis was COVID hero number one when it came to helping to spread the virus and Kemp was number two because they were both doing things in an unsafe way. Both of them loved, they modeled themselves after Trump for all the it's good and holy. They loved Donald Trump and would have absolutely loved to have seen Donald Trump be the president for the next four years. The idea that there's some big conspiracy in Georgia that was trying to prevent Donald Trump from being president is just absurd. Furthermore, it was even stated by, I believe, either the Georgia Secretary of State or one of the Georgia election officials that had Donald Trump not slowed down the mail in Georgia, that enough Republican absentee votes would have come in and on time, and he would have won the election in Georgia at least. So Donald Trump shot himself in the foot by slowing down the mail and as such making it so that his voters could not get in. So, so the harm done here by supposedly not investigating is ridiculous because there was plenty. And Donald Trump's own legal team said in court that there was no fraud, that they were not accusing anybody of fraud in Pennsylvania, in Arizona, or in any of the other states that Donald Trump believed that he won, that he didn't win. Of course, Back in 2016, Donald Trump also believed that he won California. That just tells you how insane Donald Trump is. Look at the other side of the issue. And I'm bringing a boy has left the conversation, but he's still on the phone. So we're going to we're going to see. We'll, we'll get to you in a second. On the other side of the coin. Black Lives Matter is protesting legitimate things. They are protesting the disproportionate murder of black people by law enforcement. A black person is three and a half more times more likely to be, an unarmed 
black person, mind you, is three and a half times more likely to be shot by the police than a white person. And when, and, and when you look at the studies and when, when independent groups have looked at the numbers that happened, the, the only factor involved had nothing to do with the neighborhood that they were in and nothing to do with anything except for the fact that their skin was black. You had other circumstances where, like New York City, for example, racist cops there too. Just because you're a liberal city doesn't mean your cops can't be racist. When they did stop and frisk, like 90 to 95% of all of the people that were, that were stopped for stop and frisk were black or brown people, black people, Hispanic people, etc. And the hit rates were ridiculously low, but they were using it as a reason to stop people <coughs> unconstitutionally. So, but then, with the more likely you are to get in, into a police altercation with a, a black person, you, you're, that black person is more likely to die because black people are disproportionately shot and killed by, you know, again, we, you can see the, you, there's a video on YouTube you can go look up, you can see where, you know, you have a white person and a black person openly carrying their rifle. I think it might have been, it might, each of them may have had an AR-15. The white person is stopped by the police officer. The police officer is nice and kind. Ask for does ask for his identification. Asks why the individual is holding his gun. But when the person says it's none of your business and I don't have to give you my ID, um, and and I'm just I'm just constitutionally carrying my gun. He's allowed to go on his merry way. There is no other issues going on. The black individual walking down the street openly carrying an AR-15 also constitutional to do so in the jurisdiction that they're in. Uh, police officer stops them, pulls out his service weapon, orders him to the ground, orders him to put his uh, AR-15, order his pregnant girlfriend to go uh, onto the ground as well. Um, because and, and what's the difference between the two? One of them's black, one of them's white. So there are some significant policing issues with when it comes to how police officers deal with black people in this country, black people and Hispanic people are more likely to be pulled over by the police officers and have uh, their car searched without consent, despite the fact that the hit rates on contraband on white cars is higher than on in black and Hispanic cars. But again, they still pull over the black people. Why? Because being black is considered to be a crime. And I shouldn't have to explain this to the individual calling in from, uh, I believe it's, Matt or Mark, I want to say. Well, oh, I do want to uh, let us let, bring in bringing a boy on the phone for a second because or on the line. We did want to get to you. I did want to get to one of your points that you did make um, when it comes to this. You called Kyle Rittenhouse a hero, right? Yes. Yes. How you doing, Dan? Good, good to I'm talk doing, to you. Good to talk to you as well. Now you believe Kyle Rittenhouse is a hero. Now. Um, have you happened to see my YouTube video uh, that I posted? Yeah. In, in, there was a YouTube video that I made um, that I posted in response to somebody else. Uh, I posted it on my uh, Facebook page. I could share it again if you wish to make it easier for you to find. Um, Facebook.com slash liberal Dan, and I'll do that after the show. Um, and I talk about uh, Kyle Rittenhouse self-defense and whether or not Wisconsin law allows Rittenhouse to to claim, make a self-defense claim. And over the course of that video, I mean, had, had, and look, had Kyle Rittenhouse just went to Wisconsin, helped clean graffiti and leave, 
I mean, I don't necessarily know if hero is the right term for him, uh, but I mean, it would be a, it's a nice, that's community service. That's a nice thing to do if you wanted to clean up graffiti that was done by other people and, and, and you're helping beautify a community and that's all he did. Fine. That, that I'm not going to begrudge him for doing that. Um, I think that's a fine thing for anybody to do. Uh, but he did not just do that. And, and there are in that video, I talk about all of the ways that Wisconsin law specifically writes that you can declare all of the circumstances where a, where a self-defense claim is allowed. Um, now, Kyle Rittenhouse, I'll start off with the easy one. Kyle Rittenhouse was not legally allowed to be there because he was out past curfew. If I was Kyle Rittenhouse's attorney um, if, and, and the district attorney wanted to say that Kyle Rittenhouse cannot be charged, was, was committing a crime of violating curfew and therefore did not have the right to um, declare self-defense uh, because he was violating curfew. Um, if I was his attorney, I would make, and I'm not an attorney, but if I was his attorney, I would say, well, the police officers there not only thanked him for being there and seemed to encourage the entire group to be there and gave them water and other, uh, maybe snacks or something. I think there were snacks given. I don't know. Uh, but there was at least water given, and there was, there was thanks given, and it's what seemed to be consent by the police department for these people. So if the police department were going to choose to, to not enforce the curfew, then that's not Kyle Rittenhouse's fault. So I would, <clears throat> that would be one thing, or if I was his attorneys, I would, I would attack that line of reasoning by the district attorney. However, you cannot be in the process under Wisconsin law of committing a crime in order to claim self-defense and his possession of a assault rifle is a crime under Wisconsin law. So if you can't be in yourself, be committing a crime in or while, while to, to, if, if committing a crime prohibits you from claiming self-defense, then his having a weapon prohibits him from claiming self-defense. He also claims that he was there in to help protect property. Wisconsin law is very, specific about this that you the only you cannot use deadly force to defend property in wisconsin you can use force to defend property and there is a certain subset of people who are allowed to use force to defend property either a hired agent um by the person you know be a, like a manager or maybe security uh the owner of the property themselves they can use force to defend property the family of direct family, somebody who lives in the house uh, with the owner, or somebody who is legally responsible for the owner. Maybe somebody, maybe the owner is very old, and as such, there's somebody who's legally responsible for them, or somebody who's very young who happens to own a business, and there's somebody who is like a, you know, their person who runs their estate until they become the age of majority, whatever. Those are the only people that can defend property in the state of Wisconsin under the Wisconsin self-defense laws. And again, it's, it's non-deadly force. The only time you can trigger the allowance to use deadly force is if it's more than just the threats of property. If there is an, if there is an attempt or, or, or you then have to add in the protecting, protection of a life. So you can't use deadly force to protect property. And oh, we lost bringing a boy again. But I'm going to continue on uh, making the point that I made. Um, but I, I, 
and, I, and I'll go ahead and share this video to my Facebook page. If you, anybody who wants to listen to it, facebook.com slash liberal Dan, if I remember, and please remind me if I don't, I, excuse me, I will share that video to, to my Facebook page just as a reminder. And I will basically tell you that it, I, I, I handle each and every one of those points that, you know, where self-defense is allowed. And so because Wisconsin spells out all of the areas where self-defense is allowed, then self-defense isn't allowed in any other circumstance. Kyle Rittenhouse failed to check off any of those boxes. There is not a single, and, and um, you're back, you're, you are back. So let, let's, uh, I'm going to keep you on mute for a second as I continue. I'll bring you back on after I'm done speaking with this point. But again, as I said, as I said before you came back, there is, there, there are like four or five different check boxes where if you check off any of those boxes, under Wisconsin law, you can make a valid, as long as you prove it, you can make a valid self-defense claim in the state of Wisconsin. Kyle, in that video, I spell out, Kyle Rittenhouse failed to check any one of those boxes in order to allow him to claim self-defense. Now, what does that mean? Does that mean that he won't get off self-defense? No, there's, there is an additional thing to take into consideration, which is the idea of jury nullification. Uh, jury nullification is possible, uh, where if a jury feels that the person should be able to make a self-defense claim outside of the standard um, that is allowed by the courts, if they feel that his killing of somebody and injuring, killing of, I think, two people and injuring of one, if they believe that his actions should be considered legal and should or should not be considered criminal, I guess I would word it that way, um, then the jury would be empowered to not convict um, and as such protect him that way. But that would be the only, that's the only way that I feel that Kyle Rittenhouse has any chance of being found to be not guilty uh, of the charges that were brought against him. Now, having said all that, and we'll bring back, bringing it boy back on the phone, uh, having said all that, having said that there's no boxes that are checked that call Rittenhouse, why do you then believe that, you know, he was not there legally, he was not legally able to hold, to possess that weapon, he had no business being there in the first place, he's not allowed by Wisconsin law to defend anybody else's property, um, why do you believe him to be a hero? Well, I, I tried to check out your video that you were talking about. And um, YouTube has it flagged for misinformation. Why would they do that? I have not seen that. So. Oh, because I just me... turned on it says flag for misinformation. Please uh, delete this. I mean, it's like um, my things like bleeding red right now. My screen's going crazy. <laughs> I never had this, but they're gonna send two men in suits to my door to talk about this. Why I'm looking this up? <laughs> I don't believe um, that. <laughs> I'm sorry, Dan. Um, well, okay, now these checkboxes you talk about, are these Dan's checkboxes? No, I, in, in the course of the video, and I will – I will. But, I mean, is it, is it your checkboxes, though? I mean, that uh, we have to um, judge them. The, the, I mean, these are legal – these are Wisconsin laws. These, these are the areas of Wisconsin law that explain when it is allowed to use force – and or deadly force to well, claim self-defense. Well, the, the whole diet was lawlessness in its way. 
I mean, there was laws being broken all night. So for him to to follow the law, why would he have to if he was out there trying to protect the law? Even though he's only 17 years old, I mean, the kid is just a kid. And he's out there trying to protect uh, Americans' land. But, and okay, but, that, but that's got out Wisconsin. You would, you would argue that Wisconsin has the right, I would say, or has the authority or the power Wisconsin doesn't have the right. States don't have rights. People have rights. States have powers. But you would you would agree with me that was that Wisconsin would have the power to determine the rules on when self defense is allowed and when self defense is not allowed. Well, of argue. course. Okay. Of course. So so Wisconsin has spelled those rules out. Has spelled has spelled all of those ways that you can use force and or deadly force to defend things or property or people. You know, you can if, if you are in the process of if, if unless it's like an attack by the police, if somebody's about to die, you're allowed to interject yourself into that situation. If Kyle Rittenhouse specifically was trying to prevent somebody else from being killed and then went and killed that person, then he would be allowed to use self-defense, except for the well, fact that he was also in the process of committing a crime because he was illegally possessing a weapon. And that's the thing is that. Is that that's that, that's one of the, I think what's going to get tripped up now? Maybe maybe the jury is going to use jury nullification if if the defense attorneys can convince them to do so. Maybe the jury uh, would be able to say, okay, well we're going to ignore that rule for this. We don't believe that that his violation of this particular law stops him should stop him from being able to claim self defense. And if the jury does that then there's nothing we can do to stop that. There's nothing we can do to stop jury nullification. Um, but as it stands right now, he did break the law. We admit, we, we agree that Kyle Rittenhouse was not legally allowed to, under, in the state of Wisconsin to carry that weapon. Correct? I mean, we, we agree on that. Uh, I, for that situation, yes. Okay. So, he was, so he, was, he, was, he was committing a crime the entire time that he was there. The entire time he was possessing that gun, he was committing a crime, so, which, which, which is the first thing that negates any ability to claim self-defense. Is he committed that crime, and that's kind of like that's almost like I would say that's the trump card. The if I, I don't I don't know what would take precedence in Wisconsin law in that case, where if there was shown that he needed to use deadly force to protect somebody, but he used an illegally carried gun. Is that somehow – does one trump the other? I don't know. Well, that, that would be up well, to the juries to decide. Why, but, why, would the, why would the gun be illegal, though? It's, it illegal illegal. Gun, it's a legal gun to have in, America, in the United States. You can, you're allowed to have that gun, right? You're, not in Wisconsin, somebody who is 17 yeah. years old or younger is yeah. not allowed to carry a rifle. That is the Wisconsin Not at all. Not, not, so, okay, okay. So the, no trial no, – child should have a, a gun in their hands or a rifle in the state of West Kansas. Right. Now he's okay. from Michigan, I, I, I believe. So, so okay. I mean, he might not, he might have been ignorant of the law, but ignorance of the law does not mean that you're not guilty of violating the law. Even though you could argue that there was no intent to get to break the law because if you didn't know, I don't know. <laughs> I, I think that would be a hard one to try. Well, he didn't know your honor. I, he didn't, that's like arguing. Well, you didn't. The person didn't know that the person was underage when he had sex with that person, or the person didn't know that 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 thing was was 
you know, not to be touched in private, whatever, you know, that they didn't realize that the thing that was sitting out there was, was somebody's private property that they stole. They didn't know it. They just, so doing the act seems to be following the whole possession is nine tenths of the law thing. You have it. So therefore you're breaking the law, even if you didn't intend to break a law. Now there are circumstances where I think um, states, especially with gun ownership rights can get a little bit taken away with it. There was a case, I think in New York city where there was a um, veteran who had a concealed carry um, permit uh, from Virginia. I think he went to New York city. Um, He tried to do the responsible thing. And he went to the security in the building that he was going into and like, look, I have this gun. I, I want to check it. I don't believe I can, you know, and then he got arrested for carrying a, carrying the gun illegally, even though he was trying to do the responsible thing. And, you know, I think that case wound up getting thrown out. Um, I think that was a, a little bit of, of ridiculous there, but again, that person wasn't in the process of, you know, doing anything else. He was just trying to be responsible. That person wasn't using that gun to defend anybody. And, you know, again, would, would that person in New York be able to legally claim self-defense if, if he was able, if he was illegally possessing that gun? I don't know. It would depend on how the New York state laws are written uh, when it comes to self-defense as to how, what trumps what. Um, but again, he was also there. The, the, the thing he said there, I think that he said publicly, and I think this is even the more damning, is even if you want to say that, that the even if that possession of an illegal weapon shouldn't re- restrict you from being able to um, carry a gun. And now most conservatives that I know would argue that you should follow the laws as written and not how they were intended. So if, if, you're, if you're the type of person who makes the argument that laws should be followed strictly as written, then strictly as written, he's not able to make a, that argument. He's not able to uh, make the argument of self-defense because he is breaking the law. But even if you want to say that, let, let's ignore that one for a second. Let's, let's, let's just say, okay, let's assume that the jury is going to say owning a, a carry, the carrying of an illegal fire or illegal weapon is not going to prevent you from, from defending yourself if you believe that you're, you know, from, defend, from doing self-defense. You then have to deal with the fact that he stated publicly that this is it's public knowledge that he stated that he was there to protect businesses, to protect property. He doesn't not only have the, he he not only doesn't have the right to use deadly force to protect private property. He has no right to use any force to protect anybody else's property, because again, the Wisconsin state law, and I go into this in my video, and the video title is response to the guy the YouTube guy, the guy who made a YouTube video is called Donut Operator. And my video is called Response to Donut Operator on if Kyle Rittenhouse acted in self-defense under the law or not. Um, and I don't see the warnings that you claimed were there. <laughs> so um, I, I don't see that YouTube making any sort of flag on that video saying that it was incorrect. None? No. So, but, but here's yeah, the thing. I'm, I'm, I'm shocked. Okay, anyways, I'm listening. So maybe, maybe let's switch accounts and see if it happens to show up on looking on a different account. I'll go to my nerdy dan instead of my liberal dan account and see if that warning message pops up about elements in this video being disputed no i don't see that either so i don't know maybe maybe you're looking at the wrong video i don't know anyway i know i I got maybe i'm listening okay so again wisconsin law and, and and somewhere in the video it's a 28 minute long video and somewhere in that video i do discuss 
um, where uh, the point of this Wisconsin law that specifically states who can defend private property. And there's, again, for lack of a better terms, there are, there are several boxes that one can check to enable one person to defend property with force, not even deadly force, but just with force. Rittenhouse, again, does not check any of those boxes. He is not the owner. He is not the family. He is not a immediate family of the owner. He is not a hired agent of the owner. He is like a manager of the business or maybe hired security. And he is not either. And he's not the person responsible for the owner of these businesses. Like he's not their parents or their, or their guardian. So, so because he checks none of these boxes, he's not allowed to use any force to defend property. Yeah. You got it down. And, and yeah, right. The law is the law there and everything. But with, with the situation that occurred that night, kind of throw the law out there with some things because it, it was just mayhem. I mean, he's there to help out. He wasn't there to shoot anybody. In fact. Well, if, if you're not there to shoot anybody, then why are you bringing a gun? Like, just in case you might have to. You know that. You know, you know that. You're going to have it. At that time, why not? Why not bring up I mean, that or, or, or something? Why not or bring up put that with a nail in it? That that's not I think better. <laughs> I mean, I don't know about a bat with a nail in it. That might show some intent there, but I mean, carrying well, some sort of like some sort of some other sort of weapon that's non that's not directly lethal. Um, I guess kite. you could. Just, I don't like know. I don't know. But the point is that even if he had a bat, if he had a bat or a tire iron or some other a kendo stick, uh, uh, nunchucks, you know, some sort of way. If he had any of those other types of weapons, he still couldn't have used any of those weapons to protect private property under Wisconsin law because it prohibits them from doing so. Now, you're making the argument that maybe there are some circumstances where the law needs to be thrown out or the law needs to be not considered. Maybe the law is inadequate. And, but, as a conservative, since you're a conservative, I, would, I am wondering why you're then not advocating to improve the law and write the law in a better way and not making the argument that we should be that, – not making the argument that we should be strictly following the letter of the law. Now, is it possible that, the, that Kyle Rittenhouse's legal team might be able to make a defense – that would encourage the jury to use jury, jury nullification to allow Carl Rittenhouse to get off, despite the fact that he didn't meet any of those requirements. Yes, I, that is absolutely sure. possible. And if they're able to do so, that's the way that the law works. A jury can find that you're not guilty, despite you factually being guilty, despite you not being able to check any of those boxes that allows self-defense. So is that could that happen? It, might that happen? It's possible that it might happen. And the fact that you know he's a you know 17 year old white boy uh, makes me think more likely that the system is more likely to protect him. I do not believe that if it was a black child doing this, claiming self defense, uh, claiming the same things, I do not believe that this. I, he probably would have been dead that night if it was a black kid either by the police or by somebody else um i do not believe that a black kid in a sim who was similarly situated would be able to get away with that now you may be able to point maybe you'll find one case where a black kid successfully 
uh, shot somebody in self-defense. 40 you know, years ago, right. I believe that. 40 years ago, I would believe that, yes, the, the, um, the, the, the other, um, the black child or the black person would be gone. He'd be lynched uh, right out the door real fast. But even if he's lynched, but, but, but I think he would be, he would be, even if, even if the person survived the night, I don't believe that, I don't, I don't believe that that, 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 that a black person would, would, would be able to navigate himself but, through the, the legal channels and be able to survive a legal challenge to his, uh, no, 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 no but, today, but today he would, but today he would though. Today, I don't think it's so. Only in the world, did Johnny Cochran to come out of retirement and he'd get off scot-free. You know that today, today's world. I don't know. Johnny Cochran. Johnny Cochran did help oh, one right. black person. He's dead. I'm sorry, he died. Get, get, I'm sorry. I mean, Johnny Cochran. I mean, you know, some you people know really, you know really I'm that. I know what you're saying, but the, I mean, he, the person who Johnny Cochran was able to defend, who more than likely killed, you know, somebody, i.e., OJ, <clears throat> had a lot more money than your standard black kid. So I don't yes, know if that would be the. I don't know. I don't but, know but, if that that would be the case. I don't know if but the today, though. I don't know if, today, I, but even today, though, I, I don't think yes. that a that a, I mean, black people are, are again as I was talking about earlier in the show are much more likely uh, to be killed not off anymore. by a cop. The, no, the the facts have not, not anymore. The, not anymore. Why? Because because ever since well, we've not, seen these Black Lives Matters protests, yeah. somehow yep. black people are less likely to be killed by police. Yep. No, yes. that's not true. That that still continues to happen. Why did uh, Jason? Why did Jacob Blake get shot in the back? You know, it, it, it's amazing to me though that these people, that these individuals, that that we keep seeing these cases happen. And the reason I'm, that we're seeing them happen more often, I, I, there's a guy on TikTok who I follow, and he's an older black gentleman who's on TikTok. So TikTok's not just for the young folks, but he was basically saying, as a black person living in a black community all my life, I will tell you that. This is not something that takes place. It's not something that's new. It's just we have now have video of it. Now I would let's because um, is it Matt or Mike? It doesn't matter, Mike. I'm Mike, 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 Mike he's a great caller. He's, Mike, a, he's a great Mike's American on, right Mike's there. Still on hold. So I'm going to put oh, you well, back on. Please, I'm going to put you back on, on hold. Awesome. I want to bring Mike. I want to bring Mike back on since Mike's still listening and held through all of that. And I appreciate you holding on. I'm glad I can come back to you because I, I want to get your opinion on this last line of reasoning, and then we can come back to everything else. Um, do do you believe that it's that it's correct that now to this year, and let's say in 2021, is it that that a black person is not more likely to be shot by the by the police than a white person? Yeah, I can say yeah, that's, that's the case, and, I, and I'm black myself, so I can speak on this personally. Okay, when you, it wait, comes wait, to the issue of policing it, wait, 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 so, so you're saying that, that a black person that, that is now equitable, that now black people and white people will be shot at equal rates, or are you saying that no, black no, I, people... I don't, I don't, I'm not talking about an equitable standpoint. I'm taking, I'm saying you have to take in other factors into account. And then this, this is this is something that I noticed because when people who are white, they don't, they're not even allowed to talk about these things without being deemed a racist. So as a black person, I can talk about this. The reason we have to take, look into the issue of other factors is. Black people, especially young black men, commit a disproportionate amount of crime, especially violent crime specifically. In a lot of major cities, we're talking about drug dealing, gang banging, uh, aggravated assault, aggravated theft, um, grand theft auto on, on a pretty large level. 
And okay, when but we're talking, the, but we're the talking percentage about of the population that they are, they co- the, the crime that they commit is vast. I mean, think about it. We're talking about less than 6%. If you're specifically talking about black males, because the, male, the black population as a whole is around 13%. Black males are a little bit less than half of that, so they're around 6%. Six, between six and seven, that specific group accounts for what something north of forty percent of all the theft, more than forty percent of the murders, more than forty percent of the aggravated assaults. So you got to take that into account as well. And I grew up in that environment. My brother okay. was a drug dealer. May I ask you? He got shot. So that's something you gotta, that's real life. And okay, I know so, so in our, so in our culture let's, today, let's... why people are not allowed to say that without being called no. racist. Well, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing I would bring up to anybody who brings up the numbers that you brought up. Um, is somebody who is uh, believed to have committed a robbery, okay? Let's say somebody is, is, yeah. is, is they, 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 they stole some goods, whatever those goods might be, be it Grand Theft Auto, be it a candy bar, be it somewhere in the middle. Um, is that automatic justification of using deadly force? Deadly force allowed in that. No, that's all not the, the point I'm making. I'm, no, no, I'm but talking that's about the, point the that, reasons why there's the encounters that, with the police in the first place at this level. The, and secondly, the reason why police are suspicious, it's not because they have a, a bias just, just purely out of racial hatred. It's out of a pattern of behavior that they have to deal with. So, for example, if you grew up where I grew up, where there's a lot of young black men engaging in drug dealing and gangbanging, and a lot of them are have no problem pulling a gun on a cop and shooting at a cop. If you're a cop in that environment, you're already going to be on pins and needles because you're dealing with individuals who have a who are who you never know will have a higher chance of pulling a gun on you and shooting you, like we saw in that Detroit situation. Remember when the the officer shot at a, at a suspect in Detroit? There were the same claims of police shooting, police brutality. Then the police go on to show the video that the the suspect, a young black male shot the cop at point-blank range, and then took okay. off. Okay, shot so a cop at point-blank range. Okay, but, okay. but, but that, that's a very key important thing, though. And, and, and I, if you right. shoot a cop... Like, put yourself in the shoes of a police officer policing a neighborhood like North Philadelphia or the south side of Chicago or East L.A., where you know you're going into an environment where there are violent criminals that are armed to the teeth, that you know a large proportion of them have don't feel the hesitation of pulling a gun on a cop. And you got to get home to your wife and kids or your husband and kids, and you're trying to make it out, you're going to be in a certain mind frame. Now, I know a lot of people in the general society that haven't served in the military or haven't been in those life-and-death circumstances where the adrenaline starts rushing and, you, and, you, and your body goes into autopilot mode. They don't know what it's like to be in those circumstances. So if you've never okay. been in that environment, you don't. You, it's almost like being an armchair quarterback and talking about look at Patrick Mahomes and how he's throwing the ball. Meanwhile, you've never played organized sports. You don't understand what it's like to be in that. And only it, people that have either grown up in that in neighborhoods or have served in the police or have been in the military where they were actually in a life and death situation can understand. And this ties into Kyle Rittenhouse, by the way. Kyle Rittenhouse, if you look at the video, I know you brought up these points about defending property and so forth. That's beside the fact. The point of the matter is the kid was running down the street getting attacked by a group of people. Four or five people were attacking him. They, he was down on the ground. They were trying to take his gun from him. If you're a convert now from that point and you're considering what's going on that night, what is, is running through your mind? You immediately, I, your brain switches into a fight-or-flight mode. You get into an instinct mode. You're not thinking rationally your brain goes into a survival mode. 
And when but it does that, that, point, at that point, at that point, at that point, he had already killed somebody. At that point, he no, already no, no. Shot I'm somebody. talking about when they initially were attacking him on the ground. When, when, when he was on the ground, he had already shot somebody in the head. No, no, no. When okay, if you go to my YouTube video, I think I not only think do I do I deal with the laws that are in there. I, I think I scare, share screenshots of the laws of the Wisconsin state law and the code that deals with that. I, I believe we also go through, it's been a while since I've watched it, but I be, it's 29 minutes. I go through this other guy's video. This other guy goes through the video footage of that night as well. So we're seeing the video footage that's taking place that night. So, right. so the timeline of events where he's on the ground where the guy's coming at him with the skateboard, is that the time you're talking about, right? No, I'm they, talking about when he was literally running down the street, and there's a group of people behind him coming after him. I mean, and that group of the, people, and those people were coming after him after he had already shot and, what, the first person. Yeah, but they were trying to take his gun from him. Okay, and it's obvious they were going to inflict somebody. Were, he had no, just I can't, but even even in that circumstance, you don't know the circumstances of why he did. It's not like it's obvious he wasn't the aggressor. There were a I lot could, of violent could, riders I could that make night. The argument that, that, were that they offended. were trying to defend that those people who were chasing him down were trying to make the argument. It kind of goes back to the whole Trayvon Martin George Zimmerman case, where no, George it's not Zim- even well, close to the Trayvon Martin George Zimmerman. That's a whole different matter. That wasn't a case where a security guard, or whatever he thinks he was, thought he was going after someone who was trespassing on private property. Kyle Rittenhouse was in an environment where you had a bunch of people rioting and looting. Whether you agree with him or not, he felt like he wanted to help defend a particular business. I believe it was a gas station. There was a video of him oh, the, the with a couple other guys really defending Martin. it. Wait, and the, there were people what, what, that what, were going after him, and the kid was being attacked by more than, by a group of people, yes or no? There was a group of them on him, right? There, there was a group of people chasing him after he already shot somebody. So that's the thing. I'm like, talking the, about the, the video where we see the guy coming, after, coming down on him. He's running. Yeah. He goes to the ground. They stopped the one. They threw right. him a group mob around him. Yes. They were going to hit him. They were trying to take his gun. Anyone would come After he no, had shot somebody already. Or the people were going to beat him up, or they were going to shoot him with his own gun. Either way, After they were going to he had already shot somebody. Him. That's the point, is that he had already shot somebody. These people see this guy who is armed with a rifle. How, how do you know that the initial – I'm talking about the shooting we have on the video. Are you, so you're saying he the, shot someone else separately prior to that? Before, Yes. Prior to okay, the so how do you know how do you know that that original shooting? How do you know that original shooting wasn't him being attacked and him shooting because someone was attacking him out of defense? How do you know that? Why are you assuming he was the aggressor in, the, in that action? That that's going to be up for in order for him to make a successful self defense claim, he's going to have to prove that in court. I I so. can tell by looking at the kid's eyes. I can tell anyone who's been from the streets who live that lifestyle, that, that kind of lifestyle, you can look in the eyes of a person and know whether they're a killer or not or what they're about. That kid is, for lack of a better term, he's soft, man. I can tell looking at him. That's not the kind of guy who goes in with the mentality of, oh, I'm out here to kill people and da-da-da. That kid got scared, and he was defending himself out of fear. This is what I told you earlier. When you get in these situations where you feel like your life is swing, your brain goes into a fight-or-flight mode, and you get into an instinct mode where you're not thinking clearly. People who've been in circumstances like you remember when there was that Parkland shooting at the school, uh, right? A couple of like a year or two ago, there were teachers who talked about how 
they went into this mode where they didn't even they weren't they weren't even like thinking clearly, but all they were like pulling students and hiding them and doing all kinds of things. And they said how they felt like they weren't in control, that their their brain like took over and they were doing stuff that they didn't feel like they were in control of. That's a mode that your brain gets into. But that's not justification to use deadly force, though. There, but my there point is that the general public doesn't know that because most people in, in, in America have never been in a life or death situation like that. So you don't understand how the brain works. So the kid out of fear responded. Which is why Those we have certain – Which can is – wait, 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 wait. If I could, let me, let me cut you off a second. That's why we have laws like this. That's why we have laws that say a 17-year-old shouldn't – or younger shouldn't be having an assault rifle. A 17-year-old – if you, dude, if you if you had a gun on no, you, no, you it would happen. It could happen to everybody. It could happen to everybody. I guarantee you, you would have shot somebody. I guarantee it. I, but the, uh, that's the thing. I wouldn't have been in the situation in the first place. No, I'm not talking about being in the situation. I'm saying if you if you had a gun on you and you're walking down the street and about four or five people surround you and are aggressively pursuing you. And you can clearly tell they're they're trying to inflict bodily harm on you or to attack you. Yeah, or you know what? Whatever. I may very well. Yeah, you know, you're right. You're right. If if if, if I had exactly, if I had four people trying to kill me and I had a gun, I would probably shoot them. That doesn't That's mean that that shooting, did. but that doesn't mean that that shooting is legal. That doesn't mean that that shooting I'm not, is. I'm not debating whether it's legal or not. I'm talking about in a no, but that's the as a point. I'm talking about I'm trying to address you as as put aside the legal technicality. I understand the legal argument. Hey, I got someone on my side in the chat. Green Beasley, or for a second, Green Beasley said I'm asking you as a human being, as a human being. Do you really honestly think that that kid was shooting those people out of out of aggressiveness or hatred, or was he shooting them genuinely out of fear for his life? I can't speak to his motives as to a why he was oh there. Oh my god! Look at B, the video; you can see it. No, don't 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 play this, man. Just because no, you're a liberal and you agree that... and you agree with the with the with the cause of the rioters does not mean that you can now use that to alter your judgment. You can clearly see in the video who's the aggressor and who's the victim. You can see it. There's no way any there, there are people person who put that doesn't have a, a bias or some preconceived notion about Rittenhouse would look at that video and, and think he's the aggressor in that video. No one uh, this is, I'm, I'm going to mute you. I'm going to mute you a second. I probably, I'll come right back to you, but I want to make this point uninterrupted. It's the reason I brought up the whole Trayvon Martin, George Zimmerman thing, not because that the cases are, are at all similar, but because of the fact that you, you put yourself into a certain situation where then you wind up losing in the situation. And I, I've posited this argument on my podcast before that, that, that certain type of killings are going to happen and that, and that certain, I'm not saying that Zimmerman or Kid or Rittenhouse used, used, or used this argument, but I, I believe that other ones, other people have tried to use this argument before and that they try and put themselves, they put themselves into a situation where they are, where it's not winnable, where they're losing the fight, just so they, they they can then use the justification and use deadly force. And if we as a society allow people to continue to put themselves into situations where they end up losing fights, and then allow them to get away with using deadly force after they put themselves in the situation in the first place, we are going to encourage more people to do this, and not just not just because they were stupid and played a stupid game and are now winning a stupid prize. Not just because of that, but because now people are going to start learning this is how you get away with murdering people. Is you put yourself into a, into a, you get into a fight, you start losing the fight, and now that triggers self-defense for some reason. Now, fortunately, Wisconsin, I'm going to bring you back on for a second, but fortunately, 
Wisconsin law does seem to prohibit that. The way that the Wisconsin law is, is written is that if you put yourself into the situation, you're not allowed to then claim self-defense be- unless, you, unless you really withdraw. You would have to really withdraw and have be found to have put yourself into a, a, into a neutral situation. At that point, once you're fully neutral, you then can then reestablish the right to claim self-defense. But again, uh, play stupid games. Win stupid prizes. How, how, do you, how do you feel about uh, David Dorn? Do you know the police officer that got killed? Which, I mean, I'm sure there are police David officers Dorn. that can go. I, I don't remember the St. name. St. Louis, he was, uh, there were the rioters and looters, and he tried to stop someone from stealing from a particular store. And, and was that the one that, shot. was that the, he was a retired police captain who. Yeah, the retired who, police officer. Who was, it was his own store, right? No, yeah, I don't know. If, I don't think it was. It was. Uh, he, I think he was just happened to be on the street because okay. it was. I think it was a Best Buy or something because they were stealing a TV, and he tried to stop him, and he got shot. And then there was a person there who happened to be nearby who kind of videoed him, the, you know, his dead body on the ground. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, I'm. I'm look, I, I believe. I believe that I have discussed this case on the show previously, and I think I, you know, again, there are a lot of people that that. That died unfortunately. That died. Let's see. It's fatally inside. Da, 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 da. The, the well, reason I, I bring it up was the, the mood at the time. Remember, this is this is we were going about a month of this, where all around the country you had wide scale looting and rioting going on, where businesses were getting looted at mass, businesses were getting lit on fire, people's property were getting lit on fire. And the perception was it seemed like these people were getting away with it and that the law was not doing anything about it. They weren't being held accountable, and it was happening all over the country. And it got to the point where anytime there was an altercation with a police officer and a black person, people would just use that to justify going, riding, and looting. And so you have certain people, for whatever reason, whether you agree with them or not, that felt like, hey, look, I need to stand up, and somebody needs to stand up for what's right and keep these people from just stealing and looting and rioting and committing arson all over our cities. And so at some point, I mean, it, you got to think of, like, the, the, the principle here. You are trying to make it seem like Kyle Rittenhouse was the, the aggressor when it's not an, you're ignoring the context of the fact that this is in a city that's being rioted and looted, in the concept of in the but bigger context of what's been happening in the country, where these people have been getting away with mass theft and mass arson all over, and don't you think at some point people who live in these areas or just see this going on in their country feel like if the if the government's not going to stand up, if law enforcement's not going to do anything, if the national guard and the military is not going to step in, then why don't we step in? I mean, were you okay with the rioting and looting going on? I am. I have said on the podcast before that um, you know, usually I cite Dr. King in when he says that the riot is the voice of the unheard. I.e., when people are not heard enough, that they may then start to riot um, in order to try and oh, get their so voice heard. Oh, so they're not heard, heard enough. Therefore, now I need to go steal a big but, screen TV and light I'm, the I'm, I'm, fire. No, look at rioting, rioting, and looting. He didn't say looting. Was the voice of the unheard? He said, "Rioting was the voice of." But I don't. I'm, I'm not asking gonna, you a direct I'm question about the looting and the arson. That's what I'm asking you I'm, about. I'm not. I'm not asking just, you. Were you okay with that? I'm not justifying 
stealing a big screen TV because you believe you've been wronged by by a system. Um, I also don't necessarily feel that I'm in a justice to, you know, maybe if we stopped killing black men at this point rate, that, that maybe you would see less of okay, the writing how about, how, about I make it, how about I make the question more personal for you? Let's say this. Let's say there in, I don't know what city you live in, but let's say in the city you happen to live in, let's say a young black male gets shot by a police officer tomorrow. And there's a there's a protest. The protesters go a little crazy. Next thing you know, people are rioting and looting, and committing arson. And they happen to come into I don't know if you have a car or not. Let's say they go and they light your car on fire, and then they break into your house, steal a bunch of your stuff, and then light your house on fire. Are you going to sit here and say, you know what? I can understand because their anger and their grievances why they felt like it was okay to steal my property and light my property on fire. Are you going to honestly say that? I'll probably be really pissed off, but I'm then not going to go and, out. And, 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 how, and, and would you? And if and if they were doing that and you witnessed it, and you're there, they were in the middle of they were in the middle of burning hey, my guys, house down, especially if I, if I had whatever family. I live, and I'm not allowed to defend this, so I'm just going to sit back and whatever. Are you going to do that? No, you're going to if you're going to take whatever you can find, and you're going to knock somebody out, right? You're going to do something. You're not going to sit there. Well, well, I'm in Louisiana. I live in Louisiana. Louisiana has a Catholic doctrine, so if you're coming into my house, I am free to. I'm I am actually protected in, in my right to, to shoot okay, you. Okay, so you're going to shoot and, him, right? But if you're invading my house, I, and if I have a gun, then, then I'm legally justified in shooting the person. And Then that's if, it, done. Then you literally, and, and you literally not understand where Rittenhouse is coming from then, because no, that's I don't, the concept because that he's thinking This is not Rittenhouse's house. This is not even his own city. He, he, this he is his is, country, okay? Our country was getting violated for literally two months, and we witnessed our government locally, federally, our military, nobody did squat. These people got away with it for like a nearly what, a month and a half. I mean, I, I, we haven't seen anything like that since the '60s, by the way. You remember that, right? Where I mean, I was in born in the '70s, city, so. <laughs> okay, but I mean, that's the last time we had something like this on a massive scale happen in the country, where we had mass looting and arson happen like this. And why would why did we have mass looting and arson and arson in the '60s? It's not about. It doesn't matter why. There's no justifiable reason to do that. It does. No, you, I mean, because... dude, you just you just told me that there's no justification for stealing a, a people's property and lighting people's property on fire. You know, like, not, like for example, I, I, I if, you have, justi- if you have a grievance I, with the I, I justice said that department, I'm not going to sit here and justify somebody stealing a, a widescreen TV because as a, there's no, as, there's as, no as justifiable reason. Period. That's why you're saying but, that. But but if you're but if you're, if you're knows that's wrong. If you're if you're doing a home invasion, which adds a little bit to that, if if, if you're going a to home there's invasion a difference is exact, it's, it, it, there's the a exact difference. Thing. No, it's breaking into somebody between, else's property. There's a difference. Well, there's a difference between breaking into a a, a Walmart, so to speak, and, and stealing a TV from a Walmart. No, 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 no. Like don't a, don't hide behind the corporate thing. A lot of small businesses got looted. Like I said, my house restaurant got lit on fire. The majority of the, of the businesses in Minneapolis that got destroyed were small-owned business. A lot of them owned by black and brown people. They don't hide behind this, oh, Target and Walmart nonsense. The point of the matter still stands. What's the difference between, let's say, a small mom-and-pop shop in your house? What's the difference? Well, A, do they live, do they live there? What do you mean if they live there? That's their. That's literally the their life. Well, because if if, if 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 your jurisdiction has the castle doctrine, there is a legal difference there between living not, somewhere not, and working somewhere. I'm not asking you to make somewhere. a legal technical argument here. I'm asking you on principle as a human being. 
I don't want anybody's businesses burned. I also don't want anybody being shot by cops who shouldn't be shot. We can go through the list if I you agree. want to again, but so there's now, a lot of people. So, now, so, now, so, so if, what are we going to, put, what are we going to level, put as a priority? What are we going to put as a priority in this nation? Are we going to put personal property as the, pro, as the priority, or are we going to put we, we can do both at the same the time. We, we, can, we can walk and chew gum here. We, it doesn't we have to should be, be able to, but we're not able to. We, we've had years of this going on, decades of this no, going we're on. We're not able to because the left, are, the left and your, your, on the policing side is too far. You can't, you can't demand to get rid of immunity for cops. Are you crazy? That's going to lead to massive lawsuits. Every, it'll get to the point where no person in their right mind would want to be a cop. Well, maybe I mean I, I, he would. I would say you get rid of immunity, you add training, and you maybe you pay more once you've made sure that these people and you take away certain things that police officers shouldn't be doing in the first place, which is part of the whole real meeting of the oh, defund like what, movement. For example, like name, name one thing we should take away. Like give me an example. Like um, if if there is a call about a domestic dispute that's not necessarily violent at the time. Oh but maybe God! Don't tell me one of these people like we need to, We need to go get the social worker. And get, go. Let's go get a 21 year old female social worker and have her go in there. I, I wanted to be able to say that if if there are things that police are trained to do, there are things that police are not trained that should that shouldn't have to be doing that they shouldn't have to be doing. Now, if we want to train police to deal with um, deal with these issues, educate them more, train them more, pay them more, and then they can be able to do those things that they are now additionally qualified to do. But there are things that we're asking police to do that they shouldn't necessarily be doing. Furthermore, there, there are things that on preventive measure, on the, on the preventive side that we could be doing uh, to help eliminate poverty, to help eliminate desperation in, in the poor neighborhoods, which oh, God. are disproportionately Come on, brother, stop black that. as well. Stop the poverty argument. That's a, just because you're poor doesn't mean you have to be an immoral person. I didn't crime, make okay? that argument. I grew up, that in, I grew up in poverty in the inner city. You're making that, 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 a that, micro. You're making a justification for crime. You're making okay. a micro argument. I'm making a macro argument. You're making the I'm making no, a macro here. argument. You're no, trying to just, insinuate yeah. that if we somehow fix poverty, that'll solve the crime issue. That's not going to do that. I, I'm saying that, that crime that is when, a matter of character. Okay, just because you're poor doesn't mean you now all of a sudden lack moral character. I mean, there are some crimes that are a matter of character. There are some. If you're, if you were, if you were, Every cr- bro- if you, if you were broke, hurting another person is is an issue of moral character. Hurting another person, but like, if you were broke. And you had a kid to feed. Would you steal a fo- some food for your kid if you couldn't find oh it any other God. way? I got I, I got to give it to you, man. I love when liberals make that cliche argument of, oh, the poor person stealing bread. Of course, we all understand that. That's not what, what we're talking about. We're but talking about gang you're making the shooting people. That, we're talking that about a drug dealers selling you're making... poison to their own people. We're talking okay. about you're... people that engage in aggravated robbery where they beat people, shoot people, talking about people doing home invasions where they'll rape an elderly woman, torture her, kill her and rob all her stuff. And that's what okay? conservatives let's, always let's do. Stop, they always bring up uh, they always bring up like, victims here. That's what conservatives no, do. I, I, they, just, they, I just I just I know that liberals have a tendency to try to make criminals seem like they're victims. Well, let's remember that no, criminals I, I, are the no. ones hurting I, but other when you people. make a blanket let's statement when you make that. wait 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 I'm gonna wait. I let you talk for a while without interrupting, but I need you to also let me talk, especially because it's my podcast, okay, without me having to mute you, without me muting you. I, I, I don't want to have to mute you. I think we should be able to go back and forth and have an intelligent discussion about these issues without having me having to mute you when I feel that I need to get a point in edgewise. Um, point is, is that you know, a lot of times when I'm having these conversations with conservative folks, they will make large blanket statements like you made about crime being a matter of 
you know, ha- having ethics or whatever. Now, you know, you, you talk about drug dealers and poisoning your communities. Like, you know, there, I think there is a difference between crack and weed, for example. Um, I, pers- I mean, I support legalization of marijuana. I don't think marijuana should be uh, – doesn't mean I'm going to start smoking it tomorrow if it's legal. Uh, but I do believe that what? marijuana is – what? Marijuana is destructive. Why, was, why should it be legal? It's terrible for you. Well, I mean, alcohol can be can be destructive as well, right? Should alcohol be if alcohol can be destructive, why should we have alcohol? Also, oh, now we, now as a society, we should be like encouraging people to engage in more just because wait, 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 wait. just because something is legal doesn't mean it's encouraged, and that that's a whole other different you know to- topic. Just well, I mean, when you legalize a drug that's been illegal for so many years, I mean, that's pretty much. I mean, I don't understand. I don't know how that's not encouraging people to do it now. No, I don't think it's encouraging people. I just think it's not criminalizing people like who are choosing I've never to seen, do it. I've never seen this many people smoking weed in my life. Everyone and their mama's smoking weed now. I mean, if if I'm smoking weed, the most I mean, I've done it once or twice in my life, and I think the worst thing that ever happened was I devoured a giant pounder bag of Doritos because I had the munchies. Um, so, you know, marijuana, smoking marijuana is worse for you than smoking cigarettes. You do know that, right? But there are other and ways THC to ingest. is is really bad, especially for younger people in their teenage and early twenties. It okay, really hinders we, your brain development. We have things where you're allowed to drink, but you have to be 21. You know, those same types of restrictions can be made for marijuana as well for marijuana products right, and marijuana leads um, to other drugs. And, uh, that that is an argument that some people say yes and some people say no. Um, the maybe the reason maybe the reason that marijuana maybe the reason that ever got on heroin maybe the, started out as a weed smoker. Maybe the reason that marijuana leads to other drugs is because you have the the only way to get marijuana is through drug dealers and those drug dealers might want to convince you to well hey if you like this marijuana you're gonna love this smack you're gonna love this. You know, crack. You're gonna love all this other stuff that I have out there. That's and, that and, they and know that's it's much more addictive. And that's coming down the pipeline too, like in Seattle, right? But, Seattle and but, Now they're trying to legalize hard drugs now as we speak. Well, I, I, I I'm not as well uh, that's versed what I'm on that's, what that's they've been doing. But, but there's also a difference between you know maybe legalization, decriminalization. Maybe there's not a big of a difference that you might want to see or whatever. But if if it's if it's there are people like for example who are trying to get off of uh, opioids who do better if they wean themselves off with the real stuff than if they go to the methadone clinics, for example. That's one of the things that I've heard. I'm not an expert on drugs and getting okay. yourself no, off of drugs like that. So if, if that is a possibility, if that is, if, if, if but if, if opioids, if, if, if heroin is illegal, even though other opioids are legal, though prescribed, if if it's illegal for for a for a doctor who wants to get somebody off of heroin to use that route, then that is potentially being more harmful to the person who, let's say, you might want to be able to use that method. My okay, point so, is is is, okay. is that there, there there's a lot of people who are who go get locked up, and I think we could all both agree that the rate at which those people are locked up, uh, when it comes to like simple possession crimes, are, are probably you're much more likely to be locked up and not just kind of like, okay, go on your merry way. Is if, if, you, if you're white, you're more likely to be, you know, avoid the jail sentence. But is that not true? Does that, is that, does that, is that not a fact? Yeah, it, is that it, not it, a, it's true. It's true. If you don't know, if you don't understand 
the, what's going on. Okay, so, so why the reason why there's supposedly more black people in prison for possession of marijuana is because a lot of times when black like people get caught in engaging in drug dealing and possession and possession with intent to distribute, a lot of times they'll get plea deals from prosecutors. And what they'll end up doing is the plea deal will plead down to just simple possession of marijuana. Okay? So, but these, mm-hmm. this is not initially why they get arrested. But because the general public doesn't know this, people can come along and tell them, hey, look, guys, there's a bunch of black people in jail for simply possessing weed without understanding that these are people in jail because, and they're on that charge because they got pled down to that, but they actually got arrested for massive possession with intent to distribute on a larger level here. And so the notion of the, not, the nonviolent uh, drug offender nonsense is a lie. Those are almost 90-plus percent of them are drug dealers that had a large enough amount to obviously they had they were they caught with possession with intent, intent to distribute and then the prosecutor made made a deal and they said okay and to give you a lighter sentence we'll go with you know simple possession of marijuana with intent with intent to use that's what they do and that's my point about how the general public gets manipulated and that's why i talked to you earlier about how the black male population commits crime at a disproportional rate if you take that into account then you'll realize that the, the actual numbers when it comes to police shootings involving black males is actually small compared to the actual percentage of encounters. Then you take into account the number of times the young black males actually shoot at police officers, which is 18 times more likely, then, then it gives you a completely different perspective. But the left, because they have an agenda, and like I've always said as a black person, I love how they use us as their pet to advocate their agenda whenever it's you know, convenient. And All right, here's, the, here's the thing. Here's the thing that I bring up, though. Like what I, the specific fact that I bring up about the disproportionate rate that um, people are shot at. I, I specifically use the one that states that unarmed Black Americans relative to unarmed White Americans. So I'm not talking about like if they have a weapon on them. I'm not talking about those that are involved or who are already involved in shootings. I'm not talking about you know those other circumstances where, you know, you could look at, yeah, that person's, you know, in the middle of holding up a bank, let's say, and therefore, you know, the police then have to use lethal force because clearly there's an intent to shoot somebody because they have guns drawn. You know, I'm not talking about those things when I'm, when I'm citing this statistic that I'm using. The one that I'm specifically using is the one about somebody who is unarmed. So, and if, and, and according to, yeah, it, it, so unarmed, so, and if you're, okay, let's say, if you, let's say if you're committing a crime, that's like petty theft or something, or you're committing a crime that is, um, what, let's say, or you're not committing a crime, you know, and you just happen to be pulled over, you know, or whatever, whatever, whatever it might be. There, there, there is a, there, this is the reason why a lot of the people say that there needs to be a lot more and better training in this country when it comes to policing, because I linked to the article in the, I don't know if you're in, if you're seeing the chat or not, but in the chat for the, for the, for the episode, I did share a link to the article. Um, and it's say um, journals.plos.org. Um, it's a multi-level Bayesian analysis of racial bias and police shootings. At the county level, 2011 to 2014 is what it's called. Oh, but come on. Um, that, I that's usually, that political, I, I usually, that's that political. I, usually, I, know, I, usually, I know about those Wait, things. wait, wait. Okay, I usually link to it. It's, there's like a Vanity Fair website that ha- or article that has 
Um, that what the data really says about police and racial bias is that's that's the title of the Vanity Fair article, um, and it's the first one that's listed on right, the page. Right, but it's, that's, it's that's, that's someone in an office, in a, behind a desk who but, writes. Well, I'm going to get to the real world. Real world. I'm going to get to the real world situation. Let me get to the real world in a second. Out there. But if you're looking at the data that, that's out there, it says that you know, okay, three point four four nine times probable, more probable being shot uh, or being killed as a black American who is unarmed as opposed to being a white American who is unarmed. Okay, on let's, let's, let's and, use and, the and, whole wait, wait, three wait, times, wait, four wait, times. Wait, Just look at the raw numbers. Go use, use a, I'll, give you a 20 year, I'll give you a 20-year sample. From 1991 to 2011, right? In mm-hmm. that time period, you had just over 1,000 black people that were shot and killed by a police officer. During that mm-hmm. same time period, you had more than 2,000 people, unarmed white people that were shot and killed by a police officer in that same time frame, right? Right. A thousand more, okay? Now, someone might people. say, well, right. yeah, exactly. You you can make that argument. That's just my point. Someone could say, well, black people are only 13% of the population. Again, but then when you factor in the other factor, which is that black males commit a disproportionately higher level of crime, I mean, significantly, when you got 6% of the population committing 40% of the theft, 40 plus percent of the murder, nearly half of the aggravated assault and robberies. That's that's pretty insane. Number one, off the top, and the same thing is true for Hispanics to a lesser degree, but they do commit crimes at a disproportionate rate. And once again, forget the numbers. You can use reality. Just use your eyes. You go to any major city in America: Philly, New York, Chicago, D.C., L.A. Go. You go down the list. You go out at night in most of these cities. What do you see? You see a lot of young black and some young Hispanic males who engage in violent crime. It's a culture. And now you can begin an argument as to why that culture exists, but it's a reality. You can't pretend it's not there. And what I find what I what I find disingenuous is when liberals try to present a narrative of that police are these mean cops are just showing up and these young black kids are a bunch of Boy Scouts sitting around a campfire singing Kumbaya and these mean cops jump out of the bushes and ambush them. But but here's the That's thing. That's a narrative the they're trying to sell the public and it's like, no dude Yes, cops engage in corruption. Yes, there are cops that do things that are wrong and should be unaccountable. But these are not a bunch of victims, man. These are okay, savage, I, I, ruthless killers that would rape your mother and kill her without, and not think twice about it. I okay, know I'm going to mute you. I'm going to mute you for I, oh, wait. You can get back to that point. I want to mute you for a second for two reasons. The first reason I want to mute you is uh, apparently bringing employee. I guess you want to go, uh, but bringing employee did want to make a comment to you first. So he before he goes, I guess. So he wants so. Let me bring you on so you can make your comments. He said that in the chat. So hello, go, go ahead. Thank, thank you, Dan. I appreciate that. And I just wanted to say, Mike, there, um, I've learned a lot tonight what you were saying about with the, the sorry, the ones that go down with the drug offenses and everything. I never thought about the plea deal. And I can see that because here in California, they're releasing 50% of the prisoners in Orange County for COVID. And uh, attorney, a district attorney already had talked about or sorry, gosh, I wish I could remember. Anyways, they have already let almost 50% go that are non-criminal violent criminals. And I just see it's just absurd what our country is going through. And I really, you know, you, you brought some great things up tonight. Thank you. And Dan, for, thank you for letting me say that. Oh, hey, my, my pleasure. Thank again. You know, we may disagree on a lot of issues, but I do want to thank you for being a loyal listener. Uh, you do listen a lot. You join the chat a lot and you make the show better. Uh, even if we disagree on things, simply because of the fact that it's good that we can have the back and forth and not just me 
just rambling on about the issues that I want to talk about. I wasn't planning on talking about Rittenhouse tonight or anything else of these issues, but I'm happy to do so when the when the uh, callers you know do call in and want to kind of guide the show in that direction. But the other thing I did want to talk about um, in response, and then I'll bring you back off of mute, um, is that uh, you're welcome, bringing your boy again. Um, is that according to this this study that was done, um, it, it not only makes the point that white people or black people are 3.49 times more likely to be shot uh, and killed um, on average. It also says, and here's the other point that, that this blurb states, that, quote, there is no relationship between county-level racial bias in police shootings and crime rates even race-specific crime rates, meaning that the racial bias observed in police shootings in this data set is not explainable as a response to local crime rates. So what they're saying is that the point that you just made, that black people are more likely to commit crime, therefore they're more likely to get shot, that is not the case that was found by this study. Now, maybe you disagree with the study, but I'm just going to say, you know, I am not a professor in this sort of thing. So I have to, I will sometimes go to the experts and maybe there's some confirmation bias there. I'm not going to be, you know, ridiculous and suggest that I'm not going to be, you know, try and find the experts that support my arguments versus, you know, but if, if I was go shown an opposite study that showed why this study is false and, and, and explained why that the data we should not be trusted on this study or that this statement that the crime rates and the, and the racial disparity in crime rates uh, account for the differences between the shooting of unarmed black Americans versus unarmed white Americans, then I'm more than welcome to listen to that and have that adapt my worldview on this particular issue. Uh, I am going to bring you off mute, but I still want to continue making my point. Uh, another the additional point is that w when we talk about those crimes, you know, you, you know, you say he's the moment, whatever, is, is, is perhaps I'm not, I'm not necessarily a justification of the actions that are done. Uh, but as if you're in the heat of the moment, you know, no, I've been through uh, I went to I used to live in the city of Kenner, Louisiana, um, which is a suburb of New Orleans. Um, I, I attended when I was running for the police, uh, for when, not police, when I was running for a council, uh, city council there in the city of Kenner. Um, one of the things that I did is I went and I went to the Citizens Police Academy, uh, which is something where they, they put you, you know, not, not necessarily into situations as a police officer, but they do, you know, I sat down, I listened to the police officers, I listened to what they went on a day-to-day -day basis. One of the reasons I moved to the city of Kenner was because they were known to have a really good police department. It was a really safe city. And I, one of the reasons I ran for office was because the city, there was a convert, there was a constant back and forth between the person who was currently the mayor of the city and the person who was currently the elected police chief of the city. Both of them were Republicans and they were just going back and forth feuding with each other um, and the, the mayor ended up like taking a whole bunch of money away from the police department um, uh, with the help of the council and the person that was trying to get elevated to be a, a council person at large is one of the people that voted to take the money away from the police. And that's one of the reasons I ran is because I felt that the taking the money of take that action was done as a punitive measure against the police department because 
this mayor was having a feud uh, with this police chief. So that's the reason why I ran for that, that seat uh, in Kenner in 2005. Now, that being said, when I went through, when I sat through those, um, when I went through, when I sat through those courses, and I think it was, I think it might've been like a 12 week course. Uh, maybe it was, let's mm-hmm. it was shorter. I'm not sure. One of the reasons that things that we went through, uh, they, they put everybody in a simulator. And one of the most amusing things about the simulator was this one person who was this one woman who was in the, um, was in the simulator every time she was in the simulator and every time she pulled the gun to use deadly force and shoot at the screen every single time she shot the person in the balls. And we were just, (laughs) everybody was cringing because every single time she shot the person and it was, the person was shot right in the ball. And you know, one of the things that I guess I was proud of was that part of the simulations include a, a report that say, okay, this is the point in the simulation where you were justified in using deadly force. Um, and it'll then say, how much sooner <clears throat> did you use deadly force or, or did you do it right on time? Did you use it too late, etc.? With me, I actually nailed it. Like I, I, and this, okay, this simulator, it's not a real world situation. Your adrenaline does get running a little bit when you're in the middle of it, especially as they treat you to be like, you know, sir, put the knife down, whatever, you know, the way that they treat you to go yeah. through it, you know, it, 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 you get your blood running, you get your adrenaline up. It is kind of like you're in the middle of almost like a real life video game, you know, and, and you start thinking, okay, maybe this is somewhat real. Um, but obviously, even though it's not, um, I, I, I think I got, I shot the guy in the one situation like 0.12 seconds after I was legally allowed to do so or, or allowed to do so under uh, the force escalation policies. And, and, that, and that was one of the things, and that's the reason I kind of get to the, this point is not how I was good at that, but because during those classes, one of the things that they stressed about policing is that there are these force escalation policies and you, you are not allowed, you, sh- you should not be allowed to use a certain amount of, de- of force unless it's called for. So, you know, maybe you use a escalated voice. Maybe at some point you do put your hand on your service weapon, but you don't necessarily take it out of the holster. Maybe at some point, you then justify and use using deadly force, or maybe you should be using a baton or a taser instead of something like that. There, there's, there's policies and, and a ladder that you're supposed to climb up. And I believe the military has this as well. I haven't spoken too much about people in, about this particular type subject in the military, but I have seen military members criticizing police departments for not following force escalation procedures that they've been taught while in service. That's why I bring that up as well point is, is that these police officers, in, in the city of Kenner at least, were not only trained in these force escalation, you know, techniques and, and when it's okay to use deadly force, when it's not okay to use deadly force, uh, but, but it was important to these police officers that to, to not only let us know that the, these things existed, but it was important to them in their day-to-day operations, that they, that they made me feel like that this set of rules this, these policies helped 
them be better police officers and help them avoid the situation where you're not killing somebody um, and, and you're, not, you're not killing somebody that shouldn't be dead. And I contrast this to some of the th- other things that I've seen or heard. And one of them was confirmed by somebody on this uh, radio show uh, maybe a, a year or two ago, I want to say. I forget the episode uh, that, that it was discussed. It, 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 might, it probably was one that was centered around policing or the, the topic of the show was policing. And, and that is that I was seeing in a lot of these videos uh, police officers shouting things like, stop reaching for my weapon, stop resisting even though there was clear video evidence that there was nobody reaching for the weapon, there was nobody resisting. There was, there was, I think, a New Jersey guy that was able to avoid criminal charges, or not avoid criminal charges, but avoid conviction on criminal charges of like resisting arrest or obstructive justice, because the first video had the police officer yelling, stop reaching for my gun, stop reaching for my gun, stop reaching for my gun. And... The, 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 his camera, I guess, from his car, you could see whether or not the gun was being reached for. However, when the second car pulled up, that second dash cam footage then enabled us to see that he was lying, that the individual was not reaching for the gun, which made me wonder, after seeing multiple repeated things of video of, of seeing police officers yelling, stop resisting, stop reaching for my weapon, um, and, and then not doing it, I was wondering if this was something that was trained. And not only was did a caller to my show confirm this, I also had it confirmed by somebody else that this was something that they at least used to teach in the New Orleans Police Department as well, that you yell this, even if it's not true, because if you end up killing the person, a jury is not going to convict you because there's enough you yelling that gives you enough plausible deniability to avoid getting convicted of, of murder when, when there was actually no evidence that you, that this person was doing the things that they were, that they were, you were saying that they're doing, but the fact that you were yelling these things is enough for the jury to believe that you believe that they were doing it. So therefore there was no malicious intent, but to me, right, but that, that's you, an extreme minority of cases. Let's be clear. Majority but, of cops have never but, but, even but, drawn their gun ever. You know that, right? Okay. Yeah. Okay. You know. Yes. That. That is. I, right. I'll believe you on so, that. I don't we, know if I, we, I haven't. You always seen have that to make media. that context because the media, once again, which is represented by the liberal mainstream media, does a disservice to the country when they try to make it seem like it's a massive epidemic of police brutality, a police shooting unarmed black men when it's not. It's a tiny fraction. Think about the millions of encounters every year that happen between police officers and civilians. We're talking in the the millions, yearly encounters. And we're talking about oftentimes less than 100 cases a year where a cop is even shooting a gun at somebody. So text matters. Because if you don't give that context, like I said earlier about the context of the black uh, high criminality or the context about black people playing down crimes is why they're getting to jail for certain crimes that people perceive as light offenses, Without the proper context, you can present it, give people a false perception of reality. And but, that, but those here's, false perceptions here's... can cause people to do commit irrational, crazy things, or, and what I believe, which is why it's done on purpose, to vote or to support certain policies 
that in normal circumstances a rational person would never support. But give but here, here's more information, the, they do. Here's part of the problem. And that's why I said they know, use let's, black. Let's, they use black people for an agenda. Liberals let, have done a great job of making blacks their pet victims that they can use as either a shield when they need it, or as something they can use to justify a, a policy that they know in normal circumstances no one would ever get behind. And but, this but is let, the let, this let, is a known tactic of the left. This is why I'm no longer a Democrat, by the way. <laughs> Because I'm sick and tired of them doing this, and they do yeah. with this. Because, and and by the way, as a as a white, you're a white guy, right? I am a white guy, yes. You do realize that you guys are being targeted right now in this country. You do realize that, right? And there's a reason for that. Targeted in what way? In the sense of there is a movement in this country to criminalize, I want to say, but demonize white straight males in particular, because. If you look at the bigger picture of what's going on in this country, we are in a struggle between the government and us, the citizenship, of the government wanting to implement more control and power over the people of this country. And we have this constitution that's a stumbling block to them achieving that because our constitution has all these sort of negatives towards the government, what they can't do to infringe on our rights. And so they've, they've always wanted that unfiltered totalitarian power over us. And they view one specific people in this country as the stumbling block to them achieving that, and that's white males. Because white but, males you know, make why up the majority why, why of conservatives. Because they make up the majority of conservatives that strongly advocate and defend the constitutional protections that we have. No, because I, they know, I, I Think about it. If there weren't were white people have, conservative males, we wouldn't even have a Second Amendment right now. They know white that. males have disproportionate power in, in, in government. I think that's the reason no, why I'm white males... About, I'm talking about from a, from a voting block, if the white male block was not there, first of all, Democrats would have dominated. They would dominate. Secondly, they would not, they would no, there'd be minimal resistance to so many of the constitutional rights we have. The Second Amendment would be gone. The First Amendment, as we know it today, wouldn't even exist. The, the, the level of government power and control they would have would be there. There's a reason why, for example... We're seeing the hyperfeminization of society. Why the whole uh, term of toxic masculinity, uh, masculinity is being floated? Because <laughs> okay, I, I am going to be doing a series. I have a series of, video, of videos of of that's going to deal with uh, that's called coming to terms with uh, with activism. As going to be dealing with several of the um, uh, several of those things, including like toxic masculinity, male fragility, uh, the patriarchy, for example. Um, I am going yeah, to be dealing why with are those they attacking things. these things. Well, but Bro, because it, it's well, all connected. Like, why would they attack the patriarchy? It's not because they're attacking men. It's they're attacking the, the system that puts that gives men the default power. No, but okay, That's I'm saying thing, who's it? giving life to this? Let's be real. These movements they're not happening organically. They are there are forces behind these things that promote these things, and the forces behind it, I'm telling you, is the CIA and our government, 100 percent. If you know the history of the CIA with Operation Mockingbird and how they've had a long time been influencing the media to sort of control, manipulate the masses, this is a known thing. They're the ones pushing the feminizing of society, the attack on masculinity, the attack on white males, the pushing of the LGBT agenda. It's all connected, man. They're trying to create a weaker society that will be more easily controlled and dominated. That's what the what goal do you, is. What do you believe that the LGBT agenda is? Like, what, what you know? The, the reason it's me, being pushed is because to me the they are trying is, to squash. Is, 
They are trying to squash the alpha male mentality amongst men in this country. That's why if you turn on the television, when you look at a lot of the shows, they portray men as incompetent, as weak, as foolish, because they're and they try and they show men oftentimes in you know in a in sub like being submissive to their wives because there's an agenda, man. If you can't look, if you don't know the history of the CIA in this country and what they've done and how they use the media, both Hollywood and even television media and the news media as a propaganda tool that they use to control us, I, I, don't, I don't know. You need to go look into it. These, these are these are things that are known. Okay. I, now, I, I'm, upset, I'm, upset, I'm, wait, I'm upset with you that you brought all this up, not because I didn't want to discuss these, I won't discuss these topics, but you really, you made me lose my train of thought on what I wanted to, the next point I wanted to make. And now I'm, now we're all over but, the but place. But they're, they're uh, connected with what we're talking about. What, 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 what were we talking about before is, you brought all, all this stuff is not accidental. The reason this is all being brought to the forefront is not, people have this pulse perception, there's such thing as grassroots. There's no such thing as grassroots. Everything is connected to money and power. Everything. Anything that's brought to the forefront that is that's like on a national level, where it's it's the masses are being is brought to you their attention. There's 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 an agenda behind it that's connected to money and power every time. I'm fails. going to I'm going to agree with you on the fact that I'm very skeptical of the idea of grassroots for the same very reasons. It's very difficult for somebody without you know money and power to get anything done that they want. If if I have a great idea, it's very hard. You know. It, it's very hard for me. I've done a little bit of complaining on my mini cast on Anchor, on the Anchor.fm podcast. I've, I've talked about this a little bit there, and I might have talked about this a little bit on this podcast as well. But if it was, if it was like, I, the fact that I don't have a hundred, I don't even have a hundred followers, subscribers on YouTube, that I haven't, you know, haven't hit really good numbers, and I've been trying to do this for a long time. You know, my ability to to get something, you know without any, anybody else getting behind this. And I found this in other things too. When I ran for office, I ran for Congress back in 2004. Um, I realized that my, that my election was, was not likely to happen. Uh, I tried to then use my campaign as a uh, tool to try and do some people good, try and gather as for victims of Hurricane Ivan. I tried to get my, you know, I was like, hey, you know, maybe news, you might want to report on this. And nope, they had no interest in doing this. Why? Because I have no money or power behind me. So therefore, they don't want to listen to it. So uh, I, I can agree with you on that. I, I think I'm going to disagree with you on the ideas of, you know, I, I don't necessarily believe that um, being an alpha male is supposedly a good thing. There are toxic things about, about men who are like, oh, I'm an alpha male. First of all, if you have to say you're an alpha male, you're not an alpha male. Uh, if you have to, people who no, have to being say that an alpha things, male is a real trait. It's a real psychological trait. But, right, but, if, but, but those people thing. who those people who say that they're alpha males are not. Uh, oh, those are the people. I'm, I'm not usually, talking about people who right. claim to be an alpha. Right. No, but, but those people that are, that are complaining, usually complaining about the whole alpha male things. Are, 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 are usually people who are like, well, I want to be, you know, if they want to be alpha males. No, I'm, not no, real I'm talking males. about the, the, but, the, but the, the psychology. But what it's, you're, what it's you're saying, like, wait, 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 I want to have to mute you. I, I, you're going to make me mute you again. The, what I'm saying is that you, you're talking about the feminization of society or, or, or like, you know, I talk about the patriarchy and you was like, well, well, you know, maybe we, the idea, and I'll talk about that on my video. So I don't want to spend too much time talking about that here, but the, the idea that, you know, maybe society should be a little more feminized or maybe fem- feminine things shouldn't be seen as such I a agree. negative view. It, it should maybe- be more feminized if you want to control and dominate that society. So if you're a government 
and you want you want a well, more docile population that that's easier to control, then then you you've got to rein in the men. That's just common sense, man. But but, but here's the thing: is like I told you, it's connected to power. I, for whatever reason, men, you're not willing to make that connection between government power and and the propaganda. And this is amazing because when I was a liberal, I was a liberal back during the, the you know the 2000s. Okay. And back then, liberals used to always talk about how the CIA and the government and propaganda and how they're trying to indoctrinate the masses for their own particular means and to and, and for their own power. And it's like in the last five to ten years, it's, I feel like liberals have abandoned that way of thinking. No, no. And they've almost the CIA become has shields for the government, crap. and they're almost I, like advocates for government power. It's, it's unbelievable. I'm not how trying to change. say that the CIA hasn't done some horrible crap. The CIA has absolutely done some horrible crap. And yeah, has I'm been talking about what the CIA is doing crap. right now. But, but, it seems but I'm like saying, now the liberals love the CIA all think, of a sudden. I don't necessarily think the CIA is going to be behind getting rid of white male power structures when probably the people funding the, in charge of the CIA are white males who benefit from the white male power structures that exist in no, the country. You, you got it backwards, man. It's not about them benefiting from the white male power structure. It's that they are already in power. They want to assert more power over the population. They want more control, and the white males happen to be the stumbling block. They're the impediment to that. That's the point. I, 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 <laughs> how do you not, how just, do you not see that? That's so clear. I don't be, understand because, what, because how, you're, how you're, not you're, you're making a very. This is the type of argument that's the problem with. Oh, what's the name of that thing? It's the the nine eleven conspiracy video. Loose change. Loose change video. Like I, I sat down and I watched the entirety of that loose of the loose change video, then where they went into the whole, you know, this is why the whole thing was a conspiracy theory, and and they 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 set they set up a whole bunch of facts. So they said these are all things that happened, and then and and then and and then they say, well, if you see all of these things things that have that happened in the past, and and all these these arguments that we've made, you now then have to make this believe. You have to then jump to this conclusion. And I was like, but you haven't drawn that line. You haven't said, here's the proof that the that that this means that. So that's what you just okay, did to well, me. You, you the, said the, the, the easy line to make that that is, go from 9-11, connect 9-11 to the Patriot Act, connect the Patriot Act to the two wars in Iraq and Afghanistan. If you look, dude. It's, in, in this country, I love America. My family immigrated here in the 80s. But one thing mm-hmm. I noticed about in this country in America, with the Americans is that a lot of native-born Americans, they are they they become so naive to their own government. Like what in around the world, especially where I'm from and a lot of other countries, people are so much more skeptical of their government. They don't believe they they don't buy the sort of narrative that the that the puts out but in America, you guys believe your government more than any other country on the planet. So when your government puts out statements, you guys take that at face value. More than anyone else, like I can't believe how many Americans actually believe that 9/11 was a legitimate terrorist attack. Like, how how do you not see that 9/11 allowed the government to implement the Patriot Act, and it was basically the justification for going into two massive you wars? Want, you want the joke reason? Okay. The reason the reason the Bush administration wasn't behind the 9/11 is because it worked. They actually are, and they were actually able no, to pull that, it off. No, that's a good one. That's funny, but, but you, I mean, but, come but on, the man. Thing is, you do You got to remember is that, the Bush yeah. administration. Okay. But, but Bush no, no, was not got, the brains. It was Dick Cheney. I have a hard. Remember, Dick Cheney was the criminal mastermind behind 
everything involving all the corruption with the wars, all the money being made under the table. Right. So a lot right. of people, they, yeah, a lot I of people always get caught up in George Bush. Break. Okay, but just remember that. Remember. Okay, what I'm going to say is this, is that yes, after 9-11, the 9-11 attacks took place. There was a rush to go to Iraq when we should have never gone into Iraq in the first place. There was a rush to go into to do all these things. It got us to an Iraq, got in the Middle East, got us to Afghanistan. Uh, all what about the Patriot Act where the government could surveil all of us? And the Patriot Act, remember that? And, remember yeah, so now the, the government can spy on anybody the, in this country? The, the so-called Patriot Act, yes, because just because it's you know, just because you label it patriotic doesn't make it so. Yeah, I don't know about what they call it, but all it is right. is it's basically allowing the government to spy on all of us. That's that's what it is. Okay, all right, but here's the thing: is that just, just you're saying that because they use 9/11 to justify all these other things, that that proves 9/11 wasn't a terrorist attack. So that's that's the thing: is that okay? Let me let me be clear: the, 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 there were terrorists that committed it. Could very well, absolutely. But they, they did not. They didn't commit this on attack. their own. They were supported by people behind the scenes, and it all eventually connects back to the government and the CIA. It's all interconnected. Okay. The people that well, committed the act were the front. It's it's sort of like low-level drug dealers on the street, and you know that the person behind them is you know there you got the CIA, you got high-level people behind them that are the main ones pushing it. But you got these guys from the, the foot soldiers on the street committing the, the actual Okay, I remember that's the question what, I wanted to happen. ask you. I remember the question I wanted to ask you. I think we're going to have time to ask that question, and it's going to come back to the full circle, back to the whole what happened in Washington, D.C. But before I get to that, I want to, I want, the thing that I find interesting is that, is that you're like, we need to distrust, distrust government, distrust the CIA, all these yeah. government things have bad motives, they're doing bad things. We should absolutely never trust government, any government entity, because they are not doing anything that to, to keep us, you know, to, in, our, in our best interests, except right. for police officers who we should trust implicitly because, you know, they're, they're in a bad situation. And they, they, they're, the reason that they're killing all these black people disproportionately is not their I fault. I never said it's that, but I, I said fault. that we, if we're going to talk about police, let's, let's, let's give the entire context. It's not just present a small liver of information to mislead the public. Okay, but, but generally speaking, that, that, that's typically what I'm dealing with. Government is bad, and, they're, and, and they're, they're behind all of the reasons that we're losing all of our liberties, but let's, let's, let's yeah, those are, That's police. a fact. I, I don't but, know, I don't but, know but how let, I could dispute that. But then let's, 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 let's just let police officers keep doing what they're doing and not look into the reasons why that there's okay. Police officers, for the most remember, they those are mainly civilians and they work. Okay, on the, the, local wait, okay, that's the other point I want to make. By government, I'm referring to the federal government, the the massive bureaucracy, and the, right. the intelligence agencies that me, basically control. To it. me, the more the more local to the government, the more direct harm they could have on you. Whereas the federal yeah, okay. government, come on, has, dude. Yeah, right. Dude, we're talking about being absolutely. enslaved here. We're the talking about totalitarianism. Horrible, You're talking about corrupt, corruption on a local level. Those are two different things, brother. Come on now. The most corrupt, horrible people when it comes to local governing are, are homeowners associations. That is the worst okay, form I, of. I, I actually would of, agree with you on that. That's okay, true. But of, I'm, but, well, I'm and, talking and about the, the most enslavement of the American people. That's a very different thing. Like, what we're about to witness these next couple years. All of you liberals who voted for Biden, who voted for this big government takeover of America, you're going to find out what, what conservatives have been trying to warn you about, which is all these promises for all these benefits and social programs, these are all baits on the end of a hook, and all these things have strings attached to them. And the strings attached always lead to government power and domination over us. 
And you're going to find out what's going to happen. And unfortunately, I came from a communist country. I know where this is leading to. But I feel like the American people are going to find out the hard way. And okay. it's really we sad got... because this, this is such a great country. And I love this country. And I fought for this country. And I was willing to die for this country. But what this country is going to turn into is a tragedy. And it's an absolute shame that people willingly chose for this. It's so – I just I, – there's no point in warning liberals anymore. You guys and you can call back and it. tell me I told you so if you end up being right. But we've we got eight minutes now, and I do want to ask the one question, which I wanted to get okay. to a while ago before we end this episode, which is Jermaine coming back to the action that took place in Washington, D.C. To see today. You did say that the re- one of the reasons that the people acted in the way that they did is because they, are, they believe, right or not, that their concerns are not being redressed by the government, and their concern is that that this government that that the election was not unfair no, by, process by the and, country. I said the country as a whole, not right, by the country. I mean, I right, by the, the country. By the well. country. By, by the country. Fine. Yeah. Do you believe that their beliefs on this is because Donald Trump misled them? Do you believe that Donald Trump has 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 made them believe this way because he consistently made statements publicly that even his own legal team refutes? In when they go to court filings, no, this has you, nothing to do what, with Trump. I'm talking about this, this has a lot to do with the mainstream media. No, but what I'm that, saying is that the reason that the, the reason that these police people believe the things that they do is because the guy at the top, Donald Trump, the, the still current president, who got had to be muted on Twitter because he shares false crap all the time. Uh, the the this guy pushed these people over that ledge. He no, of course is, not. Donald Trump is the symptom, he, he, not the cause. Donald Trump, the reason, look, no, the reason Donald Trump is the symptom. Understand. Donald Trump the is reason this guy became. Over, wait, wait, wait. Well, we still got six minutes left. So Donald Trump is a symptom of, of a problem that, that he got elected as a symptom. However, his, these people acting like they did today was caused, in my opinion, because Donald Trump. Yeah, but okay, I, has, I understand your point, but I'm saying this has months, been building for years. For months. This, this, for months, this, this for did not just start under Trump. Like, he's been saying this election is going to be fraudulent. This people they're going to steal this election from you. Of course, even after because he, because they 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 showed their hand before before the election and they 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 exposed themselves before the election even went down. Everybody knew that, bro. Everyone, even Ray Charles, can see that they engage in fraud. Okay, the reason that people in power are turning a blind eye and acting like oh nothing happened, or liberals like yourselves are, is because they want the outcome, the desired outcome happened. There but are Trump's so many people in power that do not want Trump there, Trump, and I'm not talking about Trump, Democrats. I'm talking about within the Republican Party. There are so wow. many people in the Republican establishment that are despise this guy because he hijacked their party, and they know. The Republican constituents love him more than the more than the establishment. That's a fact. He he's the but, new Reagan for the Republicans because, but that's that's the in-house issue you probably don't care about. But I'm talking about why they no, support I, no, Trump. No, no, no. Because I I would much prefer a stable Republican Party that dealt with facts and just and just had disagreements about okay, like listen, this, 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 this thing about and, facts and, is all based on perspective and your bias and whatever ideology you have. No, no, look, when it comes look, to look, look, when it comes to political policy. There's I'm no such thing about facts. I'm it's a matter of preference. I'm going to facts and policy. I'm going to disagree with a Republican all day long. No, no, no. We're talking, about, we're talking about what you no, prefer no, but I want, determines I want, how you view things. Okay, but here's the thing is that I'm going, to wa- I'm going to disagree with a Republican all day long on issues like, you know, fiscal issues, like trickle-down economics. I'm going to disagree with him. But I'd much rather have that argument than as to whether or not, you know, 
you know, the, whatever crazy conspiracy theory that Donald Trump is touting today. Oh, my God. My see, point I, is see, that liberal, liberals Trump, cannot be hypocritical and talk about conspiracy theories when this same, the same liberals are trying to lecture us they're, they're after are 2016. Liberals. After two, they're, what happened after 2016? We spent from 2016 to 2018 being told by liberals ad nauseum on every news outlet in this country nonstop the Russian conspiracy. We heard it nonstop every day. And now the same people are turning around telling us, you and your crazy conspiracy theories, give me a break, okay? The, the double standard in this country is mind-blowing. And for any liberal listening to this show that doesn't think that there's a massive liberal media bias in this country, Harvard and Columbia Universities, both that are obviously not liberal, did in-depth studies after 2016 breaking down bias in media coverage. And they showed amongst most news outlets, it was north of 90% of their coverage was negative of Trump and Republicans, and that same percentage, 90-plus percent, were positive of Democrats and Hillary Clinton. This okay, country, I'm going to stop you. I'm going to stop you there. You made that point. We have three and a half minutes left now, and I do need to make my final points and my final thing to get out the show. Uh, first of all, I do want to shout out to both Demonox and the Cesar, my two Patreons. If you want to be a Patreon and Liberal Dan, uh, please uh, go to patreoncom Dan or patreon.liberaldan.com uh, to get that. To, to deal with the point there that was just made on the on 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 the whole whether or not the coverage of Trump has been has been negative. Uh, I would argue that, again, you can't just look at that. Yes, that may very well be true. But if 90% of the things that Donald Trump does is negative, then it's also factual. So if if Donald Trump wouldn't have been such a bad president, then maybe he wouldn't have 90% of the coverage on him being negative. And I'm sure when when Biden is president, there's going to be negative coverage on Biden, too, because you know, the whole, if it bleeds, it leads and that sort of thing. And that people want, you know, debate and d- drama and stuff so that they don't want to have like, you know, your feel good stories, whatever. But look, if Donald Trump did good, I would say that Donald Trump did good. Right to try, for example, I agree with Donald Trump on right to try. Uh, there might've been one other thing that I could specifically say. Yes, I agree with you, Donald Trump. This, that was the thing that you did. And I appreciate that. And I get Problem is that the, the vast majority of the things that Donald Trump has done, especially when it comes to the reaction to this pandemic, uh, has been widely negative, horrible, and I think he is mainly responsible for, for pushing the people that went today, did these terrorist acts, because these people committed a terrorist act today. They went in, they assaulted the police officers, they invaded the Capitol, they threatened people who were not military, and they caused, you know, they, they did it to, to terrorize people, they did it to cause fear in people, and they told media people that they would be back and they would come back with weapons the next time. And that's terrible. And I would wanted to get more into that this show. We did get a little sidetracked. I'm happy to have the show. I'm happy we did a three-hour show today, another three-hour show. We ended the year with one. We started the year with one. And that's cool. That's great. And, and I want both of you to call back and again. And we'll, I would love to have long conversations again. But I do have – this is a hard break. The show is over at this point. So thank you, too, for joining in on the podcast. Thank everybody else for listening, either live or after the show. Uh, go to liberaldan.com to find out all the different ways that you can find me on social media, including Liberal Dan Radio on YouTube, uh, TikTok, um, liberaldan.com, Facebook.com, Liberal Dan, at Liberal Dan Radio on Twitter as well. 
Uh, now, please, again, support the Patreon, support the show. You can uh, help me expand. I'd love to be able to have your help do it. Until next Wednesday, 8 p.m. Central, this is Dan Zimmerman with Little Dan Radio. Talk to the left. That's right. Thank you.